Hey, what's up, fellow Buckeye haters? This is the Majors Live on the Majors.net. Webisode number 63. It is day 2196 in the search for Tim Day. We got the full cast back together. Tip is feeling much better right here in the studio with us. We got Nicholas. And we have the guy who I'm not even going to make a joke about it today. The guy who called Jim Trestle's resignment. I'm not exaggerating. Two months before anybody else I've ever heard. So... Here he is, your host, Adam Hernandez. Thank you, Squirrel. What's going on, everybody? Anytime. Welcome to the Majors Live Hi, episode Adam. 63. Hey, Tip, what's up, man? <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. How you doing? You feeling, you're feeling better? Yeah, I was sick dog last week. Man. All right, yeah. For about four days. Got what your, your wife got, right? Yeah. Or you had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're back. Nicholas is here also. Squirrel, like... School said everybody's here, so we're all here. We're all having a good time. Sweater vests, fifty percent off now in uh, in Columbus. Uh, it's uh, it's a good day if you are a uh, if you are a Michigan fan. If you hate Ohio State, wherever you are, if you're if you're the mascot of the Ohio Wildcats, or remember how we beat up Brutus Buckeye last season. It's a, it was a glorious day. For the most part, this past Monday, uh, you know, was Memorial Day, obviously. So, but it was also the day that Jim Tressel bit the big one, resigned from Ohio State University, or I'm sorry, the Ohio State University, as they uh, as they like to be called now. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Jim Tressel out, resigned um, amid the uh, th- the tremendous. You know, amount of allegations and scrutiny surrounding him uh, the past the past few months now, from Terrell Pryor and you know the tat- the tattooligans as they're being called now, uh, and you know even before that uh, we there was an there was an essay and you know before we get into this I might as well just go on through the regular rundown. Um, like I said, this is the Majors Live episode 63. Bitches and badasses, get those in. I have a good, good feeling that Jim Tressel may make the bitches and badass list this week. Um, <laughs> majors, the major Woody's girl of the week this week is Adrian Curry. Um, so go ahead and check her out on the website. And the fan question this week: uh, Who are the biggest chokers in sports history? And um, I went to the uh, Indianapolis 500. As I mentioned last week, and um, there was a big, big choke job going on this past weekend at that race, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but again, we've got to uh, the big news this past this past week within the last uh, within the last less than forty eight hours is the uh, is the resignation of Ohio State head coach Jim Tressel. And again, like I said at the top of the show, this was. You know, this was in due to him, you know, being surrounded by these allegations that, you know, he didn't he didn't forward information about uh, about memorabilia being sold by his players for tattoos, for merchandise, for cars, whatever um, to the NCAA and to Ohio State University when he became aware of it back in April. Well, he lied about it. He lied about it, too. Exactly. Tip. Um. And uh, I don't know what this, you know, I don't know if his resignation had anything to do with um, an SI article 
being released yesterday as well, yesterday evening. Um, by uh, let me get that back up here. Let me. I just want to get the names right here. Who exactly wrote the article um, for Sports Illustrated? It was. Um, sorry, let me get this up. Anyways, it was uh, George Dorman and David Epstein um, were the two writers who uh, who went into this tremendous investigation. Um, looking into Jim Tressel's time as the Ohio State head coach um, when he started back in 2001. It also takes a look at his time as the Youngstown State head coach back during the late 80s and throughout the, uh, and throughout the 90s. And I, I tell you, if you haven't had a chance to read this article yet, um, you've got to take a look at it over on SI.com right now. Um, we also have kind of a Cliff's Notes version of it on our own website over at themajors.net. We also talk about some other things going on at Ohio State as well um, regarding the uh, regarding the whole Terrell Pryor situation right now, who is also being investigated independently from the Ohio State Athletic Program and the uh, and Jim Tressel himself. Uh, but also we talk about. Um, you know, some of the Columbus Dispatch reports about how Jim Tressel was encouraged to resign. Um, we also talk about what's next for Ohio State, which we'll talk about here as well, and what's next for Jim Tressel. Um, but like I said, there was the SI article that just dropped a complete bomb on the entire Ohio State football fan base, on the whole Ohio State uh, athletic department. And um, like I said, a lot of this stuff that was talked about in here not only had to do with Jim Tressel's time at Ohio State, but it also had to do with his time at Youngstown State. And a lot of this starts out with, um, you know, him arranging jobs or jobs. I want to put those in quotation marks for some of his players at Youngstown at Youngstown State, um, where they didn't necessarily have. To go to these jobs, but they still got paid. Um, and then it talks about him. That's the best kind of job. That, exactly. That is the best kind of job you can get. You don't have to show up, but you get paid for them. Um, and this was, uh, you know, like I said, this was. Um, unlike this job. Unlike this job, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's I, the opposite of a volunteer work, actually. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so basically, Kwame Kilpatrick and Jim Tressel did, did the same thing. No kidding. Oh. At least, at least Jim Tressel is successful in his <laughs> yeah. job. <laughs> Kwame is still a lousy mayor, <laughs> and he managed to be a, a cheat and a That's scoundrel. True. But I mean, they, I mean, it just goes on and on about how big of a dirtbag Jim Tressel actually was. Uh, you know, it talks about him rigging raffles. So, you know. Top prospects would win the raffle, therefore, you know, um, you, you know, therefore influencing them more to come over to the program. Uh, and then it, you know, and then it talks about his time at Ohio State too, um, stretching all the way back to when he first got hired back in two thousand one. Um, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about like, you know, and I'm going back to where Maurice Claret back in two thousand three as well, where he was receiving cars. Um, where he was receiving those same type of jobs, too, where he didn't have to show up, and um, he would still get paid. Um, again, a lot of this, too, was being arranged by uh, 
Jim Trestle's brother, Dick Trestle, who was now a running backs coach on Ohio State University's football team right now. Uh, and then it, and, and then obviously it goes on from there talking a lot about um, the more recent stuff that's been happening with Terrell Pryor and all the rest of those five players that were involved in this, um, in this, in this in, you know, where they would sell memorabilia for tattoos and merchandise. And it wasn't in, in marijuana as well. Um, Edward Reif, the owner of that tattoo parlor, was is being investigated, and um, you know he is uh, he is in FBI custody right now for drug trafficking. And it just goes on and on and on about uh, awesome. about all so this awesome. stuff that these that these players would get there while at the while playing with Ohio State University, and it's 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 overwhelming. It is simply overwhelming. Of, on all the stuff that has come out just in this article. And I have a feeling that this isn't the end of it. I mean, there's going to, I'm, I have a feeling that there's going to be more coming out now that Ohio, now that Jim Trestle isn't there anymore. Now that nobody has, now that you don't have to hide anything anymore for it. You don't have to protect Jim Trestle anymore. Uh, so like I said, this stuff is going to keep on coming out and coming out and coming out. Um, about everything that's been going on with Jim Trussell. And then, you know, it just goes on, too, about how this guy led one persona to the public and how, you know, they called him the senator and the politician and how, you know, he was so, you know, the way he conducted his team on the field, you know, he never wanted to run up the score. He never wanted to show anybody up. He was a guy that, you know, wanted to give kids in the inner city a chance to, you know, go on and, you know, play football for Ohio State University and make something of yourself, you know, get yourself an education, which is great. You know, I'm not taking that away from Jim Trestle at all. You know, that was great what he did. But he preyed on these individuals to, you know, make himself more than, you know, what his persona or what that persona behind the scenes actually was. And... It's like I said, it's just overwhelming the amount of information and the detail and everything that comes out uh, with this uh, with this SI.com article. So I don't know your guys' thoughts. We have our phone number 734-259-4941. You can text in at 248-429-7729. Give me your impressions of this uh, of this, you know, this whole SI.com article and, you know, Jim Trestle resigning. I'm going to go ahead and throw the floor to you guys, though. Well, the, the main thing is is him resigning, It like you said, opens the floodgates up. Now any tiny infraction that they're going to find is going to be a big deal. Now they've opened themselves up to every ho- horrible thing that could possibly happen to them. Stuff that there's probably you know, 100 other colleges who are doing this small thing that they might not you know, necessarily consider uh, against the rules, but now they're going to consider it against the rules completely. So Ohio State's going to get hit. I don't think they'll get hit as bad as USC did, but I think they're gonna, they'll are gonna they lose at least one year of bowl eligibility, if not two, which is huge. I mean, that really is huge, especially with uh, Nebraska coming into the Big Ten next year. Well, you're year. talking I mean, scholarships and everything. Oh, also. absolutely. I mean, I mean USC lost... What ten scholar or thirty scholarships mm-hmm. over a three-year period? I think they're going to get hit as bad as you. You think they will? Yep. Man, if they do, that's crazy. I, I agree with you, Tip. Um, you know, also anyone who's even considering, aside from punishments, they're going to get or official punishments, they're going to get anyone who's even considering a possibility of going pro on that team 
is gone. gone. They're they are as good as gone. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose players like crazy. They're gonna lose players to other schools too, most likely. Oh, definitely. That supplemental draft that I disagreed with you about three weeks ago—that yeah. looks pretty good right now. Oh yeah, that's happening. <laughs> Even in a lockout year, that's that looks happening. pretty good right now. Well, I'm assuming I'm assuming that the NCAA is going to do what they did for USC, where they allowed um, players already on the team, already, um, you know, like I said, already on the team. The chance to transfer to other schools without losing a year of eligibility. So I'm ass- that's what I'm assuming the NCAA is going to allow these players to do. And, you know, we talked about these five players. It's 28 players. Tip, they're saying that there could be an upwards of 40 players now that were involved in all of this. And again, too, it, like I said, it goes into great detail about the whole setup um, and, and what exactly these items were. That were you know being sold to this Edward Reif guy, um, you know they were they were shoulder pads, they were helmets, they were jerseys, and a lot of this stuff actually had Jim Trestle's signature on it, and you know they and they went on and asked Terrell Pryor too, you know how did how are you able to get all this stuff? How are you able to get all this stuff from the Ohio State equipment room? And he said himself, I can get whatever I want, and again to. You hear about, um, you know, Ohio State basketball players also, you know, looking at the cars and everything that these Ohio State football players were driving, and they have, and they themselves have no idea um, how, you know, how these football players were able to, you know, get these rides and, you know, get everything that they were getting. Terrell Pryor had, what, eight cars? Eight different cars? Eight different cars in his three years at Ohio State. (laughs) Yeah, and... (laughs) I mean, how is this like just now coming out? That, that's what I. What a twenty-year-old kid. He's already had eight cars. I'm sorry, you don't even have that when you're just driving beaters. They weren't. The they weren't escorts. No, either. exactly. Hey, uh, hey, score. I'm curious to know how many cars you've had in your entire life. Probably about eight. About Pro- eight? probably around there, and um. But they're not. They're not Escalades or Chevy Tahoe. No, or anything like no, that. they. They definitely were not. I'm not even sure what I saw Terrell Pryor on TV driving away on today. It was some sort of uh, tell you, smaller... And you've never been recruited once in your life. No, I have not. I have not. But no, they are. I mean, none of the cars I've ever owned are as nice as what I saw Terrell Pryor. Drive. I'm actually not even sure what it was. It was some. It looked like a European car or something. He was, was it an Audi or something? Yeah, a Beamer or something. You know what? And that's a that's a good indication that Ridiculous. Terrell Pryor is probably done at Ohio State. Um, he may have went and hired an agent um, because you know what? If if the you might as well leave, really. Yeah, ex- What's oh, the point? I tip. I totally agree. All the all the seniors, or if you're eligible oh, to yeah. leave, you might as well leave. I mean, because they're screwed. I mean, they, sure are, they are screwed for a couple years now, well, and they're they screwed even be. farther than that. Oh, I'm not saying that with an ounce of pity in my voice. I'm just saying there is no point of playing there anymore. Oh, I mean, just the way the system is set up, right, wrong, indifferent, the players are insane to not oh, yeah. attempt to go pro. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is going to happen. Does it make you wonder how much Rich Rodriguez knew about this? No, in all, all seriousness. No, I know. As, as hard as he recruited prior, and all, you know, he oh, obviously yeah. didn't get him. Makes you wonder what he knew, and or you know what? It also makes him look pretty good because you know what? He might have said, you know what? We don't. Sure. Do, we don't do that here. Yeah, I mean, you uh, know, really, you don't know. I'm, sure. I, I'm speculating, of course. I mean, Rich Rodriguez had his own problems with the NCAA while he was very, here, but I mean, minor. but it was, minor. but it was, it was minor in comparison to the this. same rules that Bull Schembechler. 
broke every season he was a Michigan head coach. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, and not only Rich Rodriguez. What I mean, Mark Antonio. I mean, he was he was an assistant under Jim Trestle. So what did he know? And what did any of these other Big Ten coaches know? What did um, what did you know? Joe Paterno know? I mean, he's been at Ohio. Joe Pa might not have known. Yeah, Joe Pa might have forgotten. But well, um, say, he might have known, but he doesn't. <laughs> he knew. Known. He knew that one Saturday in October once, but then it was gone. And then yeah, it was gone the next day. But <laughs> anyways, though, um, you well, know, he probably did know something because he was trying to get prior pretty bad too. I mean, he was down to Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah, and it's I don't know, squirrel. Like you said, you. I mean, you wonder how this stuff didn't get out earlier. I mean, just the amount. Of information that this well, that this it article was person. out since 2002. There was always some sort of allegations yeah. going around Ohio State, but nobody I mean, ever we, made we the connection. We said for years we thought the trust was a snake in the grass. I, I didn't see how it wasn't possible that they weren't cheating. I mean, when, honestly, when, I just it didn't seem possible that you could just continually sure. be that ridiculously great when he got without hired cheating, by Ohio college. State. I was like, he already got in trouble yeah. at Youngstown State. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and because of this tip, I don't think we'll ever see Jim Trestle coaching in college football, not in a major program at least, ever again. I don't know. Lou Holtz got several jobs. Oh uh, yeah, he I, screwed I, it. He's after what was it, Indiana, that he mm-hmm. totally screwed, and then he went to Notre Dame and screwed uh, them. Arkansas, Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. Sorry. Notre Dame. Yeah, I disagree with you, Adam. I think somebody will give this. I think he'll coach. They have. I don't think they so. have. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think he'll. You ever, think he'll be done? I don't think he'll ever coach again. I I hope I mean, not. I mean, I mean, like I said, I think I think more is going to continue to come out about all of this. And like I said too, I mean, nobody's afraid. I mean, you and you look at the whole the way that things work in Columbus. I mean, it's almost like a mob run um, oh, city is. down there. I mean, Ohio State runs that city, and you know, and you and you're always talking. You always hear about the family, the family, the family of you know, protecting Ohio State and, you know, protecting Jim Trestle and protecting these players, which is what Jim Trestle did. He protected these players so nothing would happen to them. And, again, you go on and you talk about, okay, you talk about what the punishment is going to be for Ohio State. And you look at it from this standpoint that, okay, maybe nothing is going to happen. Nothing major is going to happen to Ohio State. But, you could have thought the same thing with USC as well. I mean, USC is a big, big program out west. And I'm sure a lot of people thought that, okay, the NCAA probably isn't going to drop the hammer that hard on USC. But they did, um, mainly because of all the stuff going public. And I could see the same thing happening with Ohio State as oh, well. No, they're going to get – this is major. They're, they're going to get USC penalties. Um, and, again, everybody out there hoping that's – you know, Ohio State gets the death penalty. Won't happen, even though Ohio State definitely deserves the death penalty. Um, the NCAA would never do that again. I don't and agree I'm, with that. I don't think they deserve the death penalty. Oh, I'll, I do. I, I mean, know. they're they're doing the same exact thing that Southern Methodist did. But that and was like the third time Southern Methodist. I know, but did Southern. It. I know, but like Ohio, like Southern Methodist, Ohio State was already on athletic probation this past season. As an entire athletic department. So I think that they do deserve the death penalty, but it won't happen to them. Um, no, so. they they will never. No, it won't never. happen. No, no I, I hope they don't get the death I don't want them to have death penalty. This does kind of screw up the Big Ten, too. With I mean, they, they've basically 
you know, the new Big Ten structure that's coming up. They've, in essence, based this structure on two divisions, one hosting Michigan and one hosting Ohio State. And Ohio State's going to could be in shambles here for the next few years. And, I mean, it's going to screw up this, uh, you know, basically this, you know, one king in each division of the Big Ten Conference here. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll open it up for is is Wisconsin in Ohio State's division or is Iowa? I can't remember. Um, I mean, you know what? I have to I have to check. Because Iowa's that. been good for a couple years now, so I mean that really does open the door for Iowa. Oh, Wisconsin's a power. Yeah, Nebraska isn't Nebraska in Ohio State's? No, they're in our division. They're in ours. Okay. Oh, Nebraska. No, it's like like we've been saying uh, all weekend or really just from yesterday just no no one is happier about this than Nebraska they could not have asked for a better situation to walk into coming into the Big 10 i mean i honestly i don't know how they don't win the Big 10 next year at this point but who knows the Big 10's a hard division to play in but it's a tough one Wisconsin yeah Wisconsin's going to be in the leaders division which was is the same division Ohio State okay okay who else is in that division um, Illinois, Indiana, Penn State, and Purdue. No, oh, so they, it's Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Yep. For that. Okay. And then the legends, Iowa, Michigan, well, Michigan State. Michigan State's State, a favorite. Yeah. Michigan State, Michigan, Iowa, and Nebraska. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Seriously. You kind of feel bad for Northwestern. Oh, Northwestern. No kidding. <laughs> if Northwestern ever can come out of that, which, I mean, well, it's I not like they haven't. The last 10, 12 years, Northwestern's been pretty good. Yeah, North like still, they're, they're still, still though. They're that still is up against an man. Line. That is brutal. North I know North, they've been in this division with all of us for a long time, but dang, that's that's tough. Well, Northwestern's gonna have that role that they've been having the past several yeah, years exactly. of playing spoiler, you know, at the end of the season. Well, not at the end of the season, throughout the entire yeah, season. They won eight since. games last year. They went to a bowl game. They yeah, went to a New Year's Day bowl game. I know, but they're still not gonna be in the same caliber as Iowa, Michigan, and well, actually. Well, they're, they're more so. Well, actually, they're, they're, better, they're than, better than Michigan. Well, now they are, but I mean, not going for. They don't have the same program Michigan does. You know, you know what sucks about all this, Sirius. I was thinking about this today, and it, it actually really is over. Is the the game? I I I think it's. I think that's. I, I don't want. It's not history. I'm not saying it won't. Michigan Ohio State won't always mean something, but. It's, I, I think it's that is past, is past now. I do. I, I mean, it's a bit, it'll be a big kind of local game for Michigan Ohio State fans, but as a national game, if Ohio State goes down hard, which you know they might not. I mean, even if they get a lot of, you know, they're going to get a lot of penalties. They still might maintain a decent team. Uh huh. Um, but if they don't, boy, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot to get that rivalry back to where it was years ago because you know let's face it you know it hasn't been it much hasn't been. no it hasn't for the last 10 years so um you know locally it's a big thing but nationally i don't think michigan ohio state nearly gets nearly the uh well that's just because sports are so uh they're so watered down now that's that's yeah and what that goes for every and what have you done for me lately yeah you know, that that's no, that's the, the, my only thing, and it's not like it really affects how happy I am. The only thing I'm bummed about is that I desperately wanted Michigan to beat Trussell one more time. <laughs> I really did. Well, I Michigan wanted... actually comes comes out really good on this because now they have another excuse. See, we didn't really lose those games. <laughs> oh, I know. It's perfect. It's true, though, too. I know. 
I take back everything I said about Rich Rod. Your snide snide comments about Michigan are true, but it is true. I mean, they they, they were cheating. (laughs) They were cheating for all those years. Once again, Michigan wins. It's it's great. I mean, uh, us Michigan fans, we get to just be like, hey, imagine how good we'd be if we cheated. (laughs) Exactly, I know. Um, Rich Rod's kicking himself. I honestly actually feel sorry for Ohio State fans who are going to go into the big house in the next few years. Oh. Just They're, they're going to take a beating. They should take they a beating. Should, they should, because they're assholes. They are assholes. There isn't a bigger set of group of fans on earth that are as big of assholes no, as Ohio it's State it's fans. It's true. When we come back, though, we're going to be talking a little bit about potential candidates to replace Jim Trestle and whether or not we're actually happy that Jim Trestle resigned. So um, we'll be back right after this uh, short commercial break. This is The Majors Live on the Majors.net. We'll be right back. I wasn't going to school because I was just making money stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is if I get an education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah. And I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hi, this is Carl Edwards here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Majors Live on the Majors.net, 734-259-4941. You can text net 248-429-7729. We've got Crash in the Net with Aaron Egemeyer coming up at 930, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We're going to get into some Stanley Cup talk, some preview um, between the Vancouver Canucks and Boston Bruins. And also, uh, big news today for uh, the NHL is Atlanta has been sold to True North Sports and Entertainment, meaning they will be relocated to Winnipeg, Manitoba um, next season. So um, we'll definitely we'll be talking about that with Aaron. So make sure you stay tuned for Crash and at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here in the middle of uh, the Majors Live on the Majors.net. Um, we have been discussing, though, um, uh, Jim Trestle's resignation yesterday on Memorial Day. And, um, again, you know, may or may not have had to do with uh, SI.com releasing that article um, that really just dropped another bomb on Jim Tress on the Ohio State football program. Uh, but also, I mean, you look at this from the standpoint of a uh, of a of a Michigan fan or a fan that you know doesn't like Ohio State because Ohio State for the past several years has run rampant on the entire Big Ten and. I just want to know from everybody out there, are you happy that Jim Trestle's gone? Would you rather have had Jim Trestle stay on as the Ohio State head coach and have to suffer through the uh, through the um, the punishments that the NCAA is going to hand down on them? And the NCAA is. They are going to hand down some pretty severe punishments on the Ohio State football program. Or are you glad that he's gone? I'm going to go ahead and throw it out to you guys. 734-259-4941 is the number. You can text net 248-429-7729. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I, I got a call about 9 o'clock yesterday morning telling me that he resigned. And that could not have been a better Memorial Day gift for me. So, yeah, I, it doesn't suck for some of the kids, obviously. But it it's, it's just it's great because... It mainly, I, I hope, and maybe it doesn't because arrogance plays such a huge uh, level, a uh, big part of this, but I hope that other coaches who in the college football who are doing this, because uh, don't, don't kid yourself, it's happening in other schools as well. You just hope that other asshole coaches too might see this and go, shit, Trestle got screwed. Like, if Trestle's getting screwed, no one has a chance. So that's, like, if there's a positive for other people on this other than my happiness, uh, I hope that's it. Yeah, that's the problem with arrogance. So when you're arrogant, you don't you don't think that way. You're above that. Well, I mean, I'm glad he resigned because he should have. Um, should have been, should have resigned, should have been fired. But I, I'm not happy about the whole situation. I, I don't, I, I. I don't like when schools get in trouble like this. Uh, it's not good for college football. It's, you know, I, I don't revel in it as much as I am. As much as I joke, I'm actually a very big Michigan fan. But um, I, to me, there's nothing better than, than a good rival that's good. And when your rival, main rival goes down, it's, it's that to me, that's not fun anymore. I mean, ask Ohio State fans. They... They would rather play a good Michigan team than a bad team. And, uh, you just want to see the level playing field. I li- yeah, I, I just I don't like when this happens to any program. I think it's sad because you know 85% of the guys on that team have done nothing wrong, and now they're going to suffer 
for two or three or four years. I mean, suffer is a relative term, but, you know, that's not why they went to that school. Well, well you know, I, I want to agree with part of that tip, but the one thing is, one reason, the thing that makes a great rivalry is that even though you can't stand that team, even though you want to beat that team so bad, in a great rivalry, you respect that other team. I agree. You, you respect that's that real, other I, team. I mean, I, that's pretty much what I meant to say, too. You know, I mean, you, you completely respect them, and you can't respect a cheater. So when you hear stuff like this going on, you know, I mean, I had respect for Ohio State. As much as, I mean, I, I think most Michigan fans agree with me. I'm a Michigan slappy. Everybody knows that about me. But I think most Michigan fans like Ohio State. You know, part of them likes Ohio State. I do. I no, like I, Ohio that's State. That's a great point. You know, I great mean, I, I really I want Ohio State to succeed. I want Ohio State to go 11-0 and 0 and then, you know, lose, lose to, to Michigan, Michigan at the end of the year. That That's what I want every year. But, you know, I mean, with that being said, you, of course, when you see Ohio State losing to, you know, Northwestern midseason, you're like, you know, hell yeah, you're you're excited about it. You're not it. crying about yeah, it. Yeah, because you, you you love them, you hate them, you 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 love to hate them, really. So when you hear that they're cheating, yeah, you you got to go. I mean, it's not making for a good rivalry when one half of them's cheating. I actually I wanted to raise a question to you guys, and I know you sure. had a lot of points too, Adam. And we no, don't have no. to talk about this right now, but I was talking with somebody today. It's someone who you know does doesn't do this, doesn't do what we do, but he's a sports fan. He's a guy that you know who's uh, whose opinion I respect. And he said to me today, he said, he goes, you know, I think they all cheat. Trestle just got caught. You know, he didn't get caught before, but you know, he goes, I think they all cheat. And I said, I don't think that's true. You know, he knows I'm Michigan fan. He said, you don't think Bo cheated? I said, no, I don't. Actually, I don't think Bo was a cheater. I don't think Woody Hayes was either. Actually, I think these were class guys, you know. And, uh, no, I, I don't. And I want to know what you guys think. I mean, do you think they all cheat and it's just a matter of who gets caught and when? Uh, or do you think they all cheat a little bit, but Jim Trussell treated, cheated more than the other ones? I mean, what do you guys think about that statement? I, I, think, I think everyone, <clears throat> and everyone's so general, it's almost impossible. I think everyone tries to find an edge or maybe maybe bends the rules a touch. I think there's always going to be a little about a little bit about that. You know, someone does something and you know, you just turn a blind eye, you're like, eh, whatever, you know. If we get caught it's not that big of a deal. So, no, I think to a certain extent for minor, minor things, like practicing more than you're supposed to, I don't doubt that every college football program in the country does that. And it's technically cheating, so I think maybe if you go by the strict standards, probably may, maybe a little bit, but to this level, no, I definitely. I mean, don't. The, you're talking about. I'm talking about basically the, the paying of the players. Yeah, no, know, that like absolutely that, not. In essence, is what I guarantee you. Doing. Eastern Michigan isn't paying their players. <laughs> I mean, but do you think Michigan is? Do you think Notre Dame is? Do you think Michigan State is? I, th- I would think that. Not to interrupt you, but I would say at a certain point in time. Yes, I think they have all done it. They've all done it one way or another. One way or another. I'm not saying they did it consistently. I mean, state was, you know, the classic <laughs> on probation school. Sure. And Bowen Woody, yeah, I, I gotta believe. I'm not saying they paid their players, but you know, these guys are so revered, no one was gonna touch them anyway. I'm sure they bend the rules. There's no question about it in my mind. After old players, they what? You know, they were gods, sure. and they were gods of the NCAA too. So you know. It, they wouldn't be 
as successful now as they were then, put it that way. Um, but no, I think they all basically bend the rules. And I think, quite frankly, and I'm going to take a shot at the SEC because I think this is one conference that if you went from top to bottom, every damn school in that conference cheats. And I would be willing to bet anything on it. I, when football, when one sport is that important to a community, you bet your ass they're cheating. I think that there's a definite um, line drawn between elite programs and non-elite programs. I mean, yes, look, let's, you're right. Eastern Michigan doesn't go to the to the, you know, to the you know, they don't cheat like Ohio State does. And I don't think Eastern Michigan cheats at all. If they I don't did, think they'd be good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think MAC teams cheat. I don't think Conference USA teams cheat or anything like that however tip like you said you you brought in the sec if you're an elite program if you're a florida if you're in alabama even if you're in arkansas or whatever yeah i think i think that they're all dirty programs in a yeah, sense they have, they're, they have farm systems down there sure. for pete's sake absolutely absolutely i mean and we even heard about it when we're all talking about the cam newton stuff about the agents being called in about the handlers which terrell Pryor had jim trestle wasn't forwarding those those emails to his mentor terrell Pryor's mentor he was forwarding them to terrell Pryor's handler that's what he was doing. And mentor. Yeah, a mentor. <laughs> mentor my ad. But anyways, uh, but yeah, I think I think every elite program is dirty in a sense. And this is the big drawback to NCAA college football is that in order to be an elite program, in order to become a national championship contender, you have to be dirty. I I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean I mean when you got I mean you got Jim Trussell doing I mean, and I'm not. I'm not actually not. I'm not even sure I have an opinion on this. I'm not sure I know. You know, I I, I know I don't know. I mean, no, no one all knows, just opinions, right. You know, but I mean, what Jim Trussell did. Yeah, he he knows all this stuff's going on. I know that all these schools have boosters. You know, I know oh, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they all they all have people trying to cheat for the school. But the problem here, the issue here, is that Jim Trussell knew about this. You know, sure. Jim Trussell knew had firsthand information. He was part of it, actually. I mean, he 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 didn't just know about it and let it go. He was he was part of it. I mean, do you, do you think Lloyd Carr did that? Do, I do. Think, I you know, think it's virtually impossible to be the head coach of a major football team and not know what's going on in that respect. I am sorry. I there's no way in the world I will ever believe Pete Carroll that he didn't know what was going on. Well, oh, nobody oh, believes Pete but, but that's the same thing. Pete if, Carroll's mom doesn't believe him. If one, and, here, and here's why. The players that generally get in trouble are the best players on the team for you know because yeah, they're being course, taken yeah. care of. Are you really telling me that the head coach of the football team who's generally with the best players on the team all the time because that's who plays and who starts and that's where they're – gets the playbook that they don't know what these guys are doing i don't buy it i'm sorry i, I and i'll never buy it I, I i believe they have a good gauge in and on, on what the on what the top players are doing i don't think i don't think the i don't think the coach knows everything that every single player is up to off the field but i mean you talk about those elite players you talk about the terrell priors and you know of course i think he knows what's going on and he did know what was going on uh, yeah, and these guys are their bread and butter. Sure, absolutely. And you know, you go and you talked about like you bring Michigan into the into the into the you know discussion mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, not that it was anywhere near. You know what Ohio State did, but you know Michigan, I believe, does kind of 
push the uh, push certain things the way of those top prospects, such as the football camp. Um, one of my last jobs, uh, you know, I was, you know, I made the awards for the football camps that they would hold, and the top prospects got the nicer awards at that football camp. No, it was not it wasn't a car or anything like it wasn't a you know a five hundred dollar award, but it was definitely a lot nicer than some of these other awards that the other kids got um you know that attended the football camp. And again, it was to, you know, kind of guide these players to the direction of, you know, signing and committing to the uh to the University of Michigan. So I definitely do think in a sense that, you know, a lot of these big time programs, a lot of these BCS caliber programs mm -hmm. are dirty in a sense. And I'm including Michigan in that as and well. And I blame the NCAA for it because number Absolutely. one, they're a fraud. Yes. And number two, yes. they're all about money and they just the pressure on these guys to succeed is great. I mean, I just it's tremendous pressure. Again, I mean, I'm I'm. I admit I'm I'm being a slappy here. I mean, and maybe I'm playing devil's a devil's advocate to some degree. Maybe I'm just being a slappy. Maybe I'm just you know such a good-hearted person that I can't you know just get. <laughs> that, that's my, not it. But <laughs> I mean, we had we kind of you guys had said that you know you can't be an elite program without doing this. I mean, but if Charles Woodson was driving a Camaro when they won the national championship, don't you think we know about it? I'm not saying By that now? they have to. Do, you know, that they have to go the extent of what Ohio State did. But they, yeah, you don't have to do the car thing, but yeah. Yeah, there's other stuff well, you can do. I mean, do. but if he was walking around campus with, even with it's just gold chains or free tattoos or, you know, hookers or whatever, or, you know, pot or what, you know. You can hide hookers. Well, you can, but can you when you're Charles Woodson and you're, you know, getting all this, you know, well, you can hide hookers. We'll never know. We'll never know. Oh, no, yeah. We'll never know. The, it's you're right. Guessing. We won't know, but I'm just saying that you would, in my opinion, with some of these guys, you know, if if Brady Quinn was, huh. you know, was he, when he, he was. He should have stayed in college. Right? Well, he should have stayed in college, <laughs> but we know how huge he Forever. was in college. Yes. You know how huge he was. Mm -hmm. If he was, you know, and you know how much I hate Notre Dame. Hey, don't talk about. Notre Dame is a Catholic college, and they wouldn't do anything wrong. Well, hey, I'm just saying, though. Really. I mean, I'm, 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 if this stuff was going on with these high-profile people who are still high-profile people in the NFL to this day. I think we'd know about it. So I actually kind of, in essence, say the opposite of you guys. I say, I think if, I think if everyone was doing it, everyone would be getting caught. Tip said, I, I really do. Tip said four letters, which is why none of this stuff goes public, and that's the NCAA. The NCAA right. does an excellent job at keeping the stuff under wraps. The NCAA is the dirtiest. Oh yeah. Professional or at or not professional, but it might as well be professional. Athletic organization in the world. They are a professional athletic organization. Yeah, that's what I said. They, you know, they, they know, might as well call. They, it. they make money doing it, and and don't hide the fact that they make money doing oh, it. They're, they're they might all, not employ professional players <laughs> technically, but they they're they are a professional organization. Well, they're totally contradictory. I mean, their whole everything yeah. they stand for is doesn't make. You know, the whole ironic thing about all this too is you know the NCAA you know let these five players play in the Sugar Bowl. Why? Money, money, Thank you. and you know they uh, they let um, you know and they um, and Jim Trestle you know said okay the only way you guys can play in this game is if you come back next season and who's the first guy leaving next season Jim Trestle so <laughs> you know what though I listen nobody hates the NCAA more than me I mean I cannot stand the organization I think they're uh, 
I, I, I think they're ridiculous, but at the same time, I, I kind of disagree with that statement just because I think the NCAA loves busting these guys. I don't think they hide the coaches who are doing this. I think they love taking it out on Jim Trussell. No, I don't I, think I so. Think it, because it makes them look okay. So, oh, yeah, another guy broke the rules, so we're going to nail him to the wall. The only reason look what we're going to do to Ohio State. I think they love doing that. The only reason why the NCAA is doing anything about it now, and the same thing goes for USC, is because the media got a hold of it and the media ran away with it. If the NCAA could, they would keep this under wraps. I, I don't think they care to keep it under wraps or make it public because it doesn't matter to them. They well, don't care. They know that... If Ohio State gets a death penalty this year, They're somebody not. else will be great. But they don't care. It doesn't matter to the NCAA whether it's Ohio oh, State. Oh, sure it does if, because Ohio State isn't going to be making the money. But somebody else will. If Ohio State doesn't make it for them, somebody else will. It doesn't. It doesn't I don't know about. I don't know about that. You still. You still need. You still. Are need, people not going to watch college football? Oh, they're still going to watch college football, but nobody's going to. Nobody's necessarily going to take Ohio State. Ohio State spot. Sure they are. Who? Who's gonna who's gonna come who's gonna come in and dominate the way that Ohio State did? Eastern Michigan. There you go. There you go, Eagles, baby. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be a good football team oh, that dominates there's, there's, next year. There's gonna be a good football team, but Ohio State is Ohio State. Ohio, Ohio State's a flash in the pan Ohio, as far as the NCAA Ohio, is concerned. Ohio State is a brand name. They would do, you have, would you have made dom- the same argument about USC? Yeah, before? I would. Uh, yeah. You would have made that argument, and then Ohio State stepped up. Ohio State. So somebody else will step Ohio, up. Maybe they'll be cheaters. Ohio, Maybe they Ohio, won't be. Ohio State's yeah, always been there, though. Yeah. Ohio State's Longer always than been USC. Sure, but so so it'll be Nebraska. It'll be Florida State. It'll be that, Miami. It'll be Michigan. It'll oh, be there's a million schools. Ohio, there's dozens of schools that have great histories and have always been great. Sure and Ohio do. State will be back too. Sure so they do. Sure they, they do. But Ohio, but Ohio State is another piece of the puzzle that isn't going to be making the NCAA money. You think this is going to cost the NCAA a cent? This is not costing... It's going to cost... No, it is not. They will make their money somewhere else. This is not costing them one penny. Okay, then why did Ohio State go to the Sugar Bowl then? Well, that would have cost them money. I, I, I gonna, agree with that. And it's going to continue costing them money. No, because somebody yes, else will go to the school. Sugar They were already in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. They needed those okay. players okay. to be in it so people would watch okay. the Sugar who's, Bowl. Who's, who's going to go to the Sugar Bowl? Michigan State? They couldn't it change gonna, it then. Is it gonna, is it Ohio be, State was already in the Sugar is Bowl. It gonna, is it going to be Michigan State going to the Sugar Bowl next year? Sure. And, and attracting the amount of attention that Ohio State oh, could yeah, have? That'd be horrible. Wisconsin or Michigan State or Michigan in the Sugar Bowl? Oh, yeah, they don't have any alumni. No. These are huge alumni. They huge. Following. They do have the alumni school, but not nearly the fan base or the alumni that Ohio State does. Really? They don't? Yeah, the TV ratings won't oh. be anywhere near if Ohio State was playing. Absolutely. People exactly. would have been pissed exactly. if Ohio State was already in the game and those top players weren't playing because that would have been Ligless, in the news. Ligless tip, go ahead. Give. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think we got off the beaten path, number one, but... Uh, my, my whole and that's Tip's job, yeah. and I stole it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> arguing <Good> with Adam. <laughs> oh no, no, I just stuff. look. The ends, I, I don't really agree with either with either one of you. Um, um you know what? I'm going to go ahead and beat your mic then, because you're of no use to us right now. Then. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> no, go ahead, look close. You take it. No, I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. I agree with you, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you guys are saying. I don't think the. I don't think. Um, I don't think the. I think the NCAA does care about schools that break rules. I don't think they, you know, pick and choose who they want to go after. 
uh, Ohio State. I agree with you, Squirrel, on this point where if Ohio State did go down for five or six years, there is it isn't going to hurt the NCAA. No, it's not going to hurt gonna them. It's not going to hurt the no, NCAA. It's, it's going to hurt Ohio State tremendously, yeah. but it's not going to hurt the NCAA. And I wasn't saying it was going to hurt the NCAA. I was just saying that the NCAA. I think you were. No, I wasn't. I was just I was saying that the NCAA is so much about money that they're going to do whatever they can to cover up certain See, things. Yeah, but that, that's that, that's what I was trying to remember what you said. I don't agree with that. I don't think the NCAA, as much as I hate the NCAA, and you guys know I've always hated them, mm-hmm. I don't believe if they find out a school is committing infractions, they're not going to cover it up. See, only if it, only if no, the media be, gets a hold of it. Because Especially with the elite schools. You know what? The media is the one who starts most of this. You know what? You know who started this story originally? It was Columbus Dispatch, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Local newspapers, one of the first ones who started this story. You gotta love and good for dispatch. them. Well, and you, no, I know. No, it's awesome. you got to love the, the, you know, the newspaper. I've said that for so long. Are you now. sure about that? Are you sure it wasn't Yahoo? They originally broke it. Uh, as far as I know, as a writer, I think I think it was I think it was Yahoo that originally. Well, if they broke it, they jumped right on it. Then right after it, is that the Columbus Dispatch at the university that yeah. because always I'm, goes against the school? Or not always goes against, but they're like the internal affairs of the school. Well, I'm a little bit, I mean, you guys might jump over me I'm pretty me sure this, they're the ones because we argued it. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you said you were like, well, isn't, but isn't this like, aren't they just doing it to try to get publicity? And, well, they were, but they were also right. That's so. what publications do. No, I mean, it's exactly. like the free press yeah. is one who brought up the mm-hmm. Michigan infractions. Sure. Yeah. Um, but The thing about the dispatch, though, is they don't have a, a in, competition in, down in there. In the defense of the NCAA, let's be honest, you're talking about how many Division One A schools are there? Three hundred and two, I believe. Football? Division One A, yeah. like one hundred twenty. One hundred twenty. Is it one hundred twenty? One hundred twenty-six. Okay, well, they're still under the. I think there's like three hundred football programs underneath the NCAA. But not all of those are BCS schools. Though. I understand that. We're not talking about BCS schools. We're talking about the NCAA. Mm-hmm. You can't have. How many investigators do they do they have? They've only got so many investigators. They can't go around to every school every year. And g- walk through what's I going. I think there's on. like 600 employees. For the well, NCAA. and that's my Somewhere point. In so like the only way these schools are going to get busted is by the media. Sure. And then once the NCAA does get a hold of that report, they investigate it, just like any crime. It's like you calling in, calling in on your neighbor, saying, it's, you know, I saw, I think my neighbor is uh, dealing drugs. You know, I mean, you know, so you call the police, right? I'm not. So the police investigate. It's the same thing of like. But a, I think the NCAA knows a, lo- a like lot a, about this like, stuff. It's like a fan calling the NCAA and say, "You know what? I know this guy's been doing this. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, and I've got proof." Then the NCAA, well, how else are they going to find out? Well, I the, think the NCAA knows about it. I'm sorry, Squirrel. No, that's I just, my point. I hate, that I cover, I don't I hate cover having to thing. be to look like the guy that's sticking out for the NCAA because I can't stand the NCAA. I'm just saying it. This no, to I me, just did. I this mean, this helps perpetuate the holier-than-thou attitude that the NCAA has over everybody. The reason that everyone hates them is that they get to turn the other cheek, not care, not enforce their own rules, and as soon as they find out Jim Trestle's breaking the rules, they crucify him. But they don't really crucify Jim Trestle, just like they didn't really crucify Pete Carroll. They crucify the well, school. Pete Carroll they crucify the NCAA to go to the NFL. Well, sure, and <laughs> if Jim Trestle can get a job in the NFL, which I'm not sure he can... No, I don't think he will. Then he will. I mean, that, he'll do it if he can. See, that's and always been my that that's always been my thing. Is if let's say Ohio State goes on three years probation, starting mm-hmm. probably a year from now, mm-hmm. is 
to me, one of the ways they can stop is that Jim Trussell cannot get another job for three years until that school is off probation that he was part of putting on probation. How can they do that, though? You they, know what? They Legally, they, they probably they can't, can't do that. But it's just they, 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 they can gotta, sanction the school though where it goes. Something though. It's just. I mean, I, I agree. I know with, legally I agree they with you. Can't, it's but not, it's, but you can't. I, you, you can't, can't stop somebody from making a living. Yeah, I, I you, understand. You, you that. can't. You. They're not the government. They can't. He didn't break a law. He broke a rule. But well, so in this case, he might have broken. Well, law. Who knows? in that case, he can go to jail. Yeah, but right. even so, he still has a right to work, and people have the right to hire him. My whole thing with the NCAA is I kind of am of the assumption that the NCAA doesn't do anything at all, ever. <laughs> Honestly, and I'm not even They joking. make a lot of money. Well, Lickles, Other- I, I want to let you finish, but can I say one thing? The NCAA does actually kind of pride themselves. I mean, and this is kind of a sham at this point, but it didn't used to be. The NCAA, it's supposed to be a gentleman's agreement. You are supposed to find your own infractions and give your own penalty. And the NCAA does pride themselves on that. No, I know. So I, I just want to say that, you know, I want you to finish, but I'm just saying that the NCAA, they don't police it, and they don't pretend like they police Well, they, they, they can't, really. I no, mean. they can't. And they don't have any desire to, and they don't pretend like they do. So, but please, continue. I'm not so that's my whole thing, and I, so, well, I don't really have a point now. So. <laughs> well, um, Sorry, no. <laughs> um, they're, they're a useless organization. They shouldn't exist. Put absolutely. But I'm gonna there's g- no reason for 700 employees. There should be like five guys <laughs> making about $30,000. You know, we should run the NCAA right here. So, I'm um, done. And then I'll <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> we'll we do are it for free and we'll do, it f- we'll do a better job. Eh? Yes. No, I'm not doing anything for free anymore. I'm getting <laughs> tired. We'll of take that. donations, though. <laughs> but um, real quick though, before we uh, before we crash in out with Aaron Agemeyer at nine thirty, uh, coaches are already starting to be uh, to be rumored to take over for Jim Trest at Ohio State, and they are going to go with uh, I believe Luke Fickle, who was a um, who was I believe a de- an assistant defensive coordinator. Yeah, linebackers. Coach. A linebackers coach, and um, the names being brought up are Urban Meyer, John Gruden, Tony Dungy. And Mark D'Antonio. Well, why, do, why do they bring, keep bringing up Tony Dungy? You know what? I mean, you know, isn't that funny? He's not coming back. He's sitting at home going, "I'm good, guys. I'm like serious." If I, I mean, if I, if everybody wants to hire him. That, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it, you know, we should hire Tony Dungy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably what Ohio State needs right now. I mean, he's uh, he's one of those character guys. You know, hire Chris Spielman. Well, that was another rumor, too, is Chris Spielman taking over. But, um, you know, Tony Dungy's one of those character guys. You know, he's um, you know, he's, he's had success in the NFL, which could be very, very attractive to, uh, you know, to potential, um, you know, prospects. He could flash that Super Bowl ring. And he's a, I mean, he's a good NFL coach. I don't know that, how that will transcend over to the, you know, the you know, college scene there. but We'll never find out because it's not yeah, going to happen. You know, I, I, still, I still think that Urban Meyer is going to be the next head coach of Ohio State um, simply because um, the rumor was with Urban Meyer that, you know, aside from the health reasons and him wanting to spend time with his family, he wanted to get out of Florida because he was sick of the way you had to win down there. He was sick of the way you, you know, of, of, of you know, having to be part of a dirty program, which, you know, he could go to Ohio State and he could, you know, work on cleaning things up there. Because in the Big Ten, for the most, the Big Ten isn't the SEC. No, it's not. You don't, you don't have to go about the same thing, you know, way of winning that they do 
in the SEC. So um, I still think Urban Meyer is going to be the next head coach. And I think Urban Meyer, I don't think he's going to be the, the head coach next season. Um, not this I, coming season, but I don't think he's I think they're going to have an interim coach all next year. Oh, they are. They already yeah. said that. Yeah. But they're, they're saying yeah. 11 and 12 will be an interim coach. That, I, I wouldn't doubt that one bit. Because the job that would, is... That makes sense. Yeah, Urban Meyer can go in whenever he wants. He knows that that job well, is probably... But here's the and, thing, though. This fickle guy, you never know. If he goes in next year and wins eight or nine, ten games, they're coming back with a good team. You, we have, you, we will not have a clue what's going to happen until the end of next season. It's possible. I hear he has trouble making up his mind sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. His middle name's tip, Pickle. But I think, I think eventually Ohio State's going to want to distance themselves from the entire Jim Trestle regime, which is a reason why I don't think Mar D'Antonio will get the job either. Because I just think they want to completely cut ties with everything that was Jim Trestle. D'Antonio would be crazy to go there right now. Oh, I oh, think he yeah. would too. Well, and the thing Ever. is, you know, yeah, you, it's crazy. D'Antonio will be fifty-seven or fifty-eight years old by the time this job opens up. It's a sure, you know. So I, I, I don't even know if Urban Meyer. I mean, I know Urban Meyer has three schools that he will coach at that he does not have to have permission from his wife. <laughs> no, it's true. Really, is Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State? You guys hold that thought. We're gonna go ahead and crash the net right now with Aaron Egemeyer. <laughs> oh wait, we lost him. What? Well, well, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get Aaron. Hang back on, up. Aaron. We'll get you back. Here we go. He's calling again. I think he fell into the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Aaron. Hey. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Hi, Aaron. Oh, we're uh, doing, uh, we're doing great, like always on Tuesday nights. We're cup so. crazy. We are absolutely cup crazy. But uh, this is uh, Crash in the Net with Aaron Agamar. We've got, uh, we've got quite a bit of hockey stuff to get to with the Stanley Cup starting. Um. Vancouver Canucks, Boston Bruins. Um, we're just going to get right into that, Aaron. We're going to break it down. We're going to see um, who has the edge in different areas here. And we're going to go ahead and just start out with um, with the defense. Um, both teams, obviously, um, Boston has uh, Zidane Chara. Vancouver has Bieksla and you know, they too have a good defensive core themselves. Who gets the edge in uh, as far as defense goes um, going into this uh, final series we have here? Um, altogether, it's definitely going to be Vancouver. You know, up and down, they have like they have easily a four lines. You know, they've scratched Ballard almost all year. He's probably a top four defenseman on any other team. Um, you know, they've got like you said, BX. Um, they're just up and down, a much stronger defensive team. But Boston, like you said, they have Chara and Seidenberg who have been on the same line, and they've been playing just phenomenally this whole playoffs. So, I mean, I think they have the edge on that first line, but all the way down the lineup, Vancouver beats them. All right, well, moving on, offense. Um, obviously, Vancouver has a, a pretty good offense there with the, with the Sedin twins. Uh, who gets the edge in this one? Um, I think Vancouver pulls it out here. Uh, you know, they do have, I think, a better top-to-bottom lineup than Boston does. Um, nothing against Boston. You know, they have very good forwards like Krejci, uh, Sagan, Bergeron, Mark Recchi. But, you know, Vancouver just, they can roll two power play lines at you. They can have solid role players. But, you know, Kessler has been relegated almost to full line duty just because they have so many good players going right now. Um, so I think Vancouver has the edge there. 
All right, moving right along, um, goaltending. We've got Tim Thomas, who was phenomenal um, in Game 7 against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Nicholas is smiling right now. Um, Roberto Luongo for Vancouver. Um, I'm going to stick to my guns here, and I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, despite my, uh, you know, my, you know, I don't want to say hatred for Roberto Luongo because I don't hate the guy. Like I said, I think he's a saint, but uh, I think I think I think Tim Thomas is the better goalie going into this. Aaron, what do you think? Um, I definitely agree with you. Um, not so much about the saint comment. I don't think he's that great, but uh, <laughs> well, he's you know, a nice guy, you know, unlike uh, unlike uh, Burroughs. So <laughs> um, no, I agree. Uh, you know, I think overall Boston has the much better goaltending. Um, especially if it comes down to, you know, Tim Thomas doesn't play that well. They have Tuka Rask waiting on the bench, and he's been waiting all year. Uh, you know, we saw how good he was last year. Um, but, you know, in Roberto Luongo, I'm not sold on uh, Schneider as a backup. Um, but, you know, I think Tim Thomas, despite some fluky and, you know, really early goals that can get him into trouble, he bounces back, and I think he's the better goaltender. Has Tim Thomas been the, uh, the Conn Smythe? player for Boston so far or the Conn Smythe uh, winner in this in these playoffs so far um I think for Boston definitely he's been their Conn Smythe uh, MVP but for the whole playoffs I don't know I think you know Kessler for Vancouver played phenomenally um you know Marty St. Louis if they would have made it through he probably would have been a clear-cut winner um but you know yeah for Boston he's definitely been their most valuable player on the ice and I think off the ice um, let's go ahead and move on to the, some special teams here, the power play. Um, who gets the edge here on the power play? Vancouver definitely does, you know. I mean, it took Boston a whole series to even score a power play goal. Um, so, I mean, Vancouver has, like I said earlier, you know, they have two lines they can throw at you, and everyone on the ice is a scoring threat for them. And the uh, power play. Penalty kill. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the penalty kill. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got me there. I'm like, uh, okay, we'll start again. But no, penalty kill, I actually think Boston has a better advantage here just because despite Vancouver having a better power play, um, Boston has a lot more players on their team that are suited to do the dirty work, whereas I think Vancouver kind of has more of a finesse team, very similar to Detroit, but they don't have the gritty guys that are sometimes needed to make the easy play just to kill a penalty. And coaching. I mean, who's gonna? Who, I mean, what about on the bench here? Who who is who takes the advantage here, Aaron? Um, I think Claude Julian's a better coach, just because on Vancouver you got so many guys who are leadership roles. Um, you know, the Sedin twins. You got Ryan Kessler. You got um, even all their defensive cores have all been at some point or another very veteran leadership, and I think that takes away from your coach quite a bit. Um, in which I think. You know, Boston has the edge there just because he can help inspire that team a little bit more. And it sounds like uh, overall the the Vancouver Canucks get the edge in this series. What do you think, uh, Aaron? Uh, definitely. You know, everything seems to be going their way. Um, but, you know, they are a lot – they're one of those teams where I think the hype could catch up to them and that they could be surprised in this series. Um, you know, just like last year with Chicago, you know, they are on paper – powerhouse team you know they just it seems you can't beat them but it all depends how the puck's gonna bounce and um yeah like you said i mean it's uh we've seen it many many times not just in hockey but uh but um 
you know, in basketball and baseball were, you know, the teams that has the best team on paper doesn't necessarily win the championship. And they can go as far as, you know, the Stanley Cup finals and not win. We saw that with the Red Wings, too, back in 95, where they went all the way to the Stanley Cup finals and got swept by New Jersey. We saw it again with them in 96 when they broke the wins record in a season, ended up getting ousted by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and then in baseball as well. I mean, the New York Yankees and Tip can attest to this that, you know, year after year they went out, they, you know, they bought their team through free agency and they, you know, wouldn't win a World Series. Such a dick. Who, me? <laughs> what they did. They did. They did. I mean, they, not that that's a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's I not mean, a, hell, we did it for about Yeah, the Red Wings years. did it too, so. <laughs> and for a long time, too, the Red Wings couldn't do anything when they went out and bought a team, so. They only won four Stanley Cups. Well, I mean, you know, there were times in there where they, you know, were overhyped. Like Should have won 11. Well, I mean, there were times in there when they were overhyped, like Aaron said, about Vancouver, and they, you know, went in and they fell flat on their face. So. Vancouver's, Vancouver's going to win in five. Aaron, what do you think? Um, you know, I think Vancouver should win. There's no reason they shouldn't. Uh, they are the better team, but that doesn't mean they will. Um, I mean, in my gut, I feel Vancouver win it in six, but, you know, it's really going to be on Boston to win a game out of the first two and then win two at home to really put pressure on this team. And then I think we'll see whether or not Luongo can sink or swim. Uh, the I think uh, I originally had Boston playing Detroit in the cup final, so I'm going to say Boston wins the series in seven games. So um, even though I, I like I said, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a really good series. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's and I definitely do think it's going to go seven. So um, one of the other things in, you know, in keeping with the Stanley cup finals here, um, Mark Recchi, Boston Bruins. Um, it's being said that if Boston wins the cup, that Mark Recchi's going to retire. Um, my question, though, for you, Aaron, is uh, is Mark Recchi Hall of Fame material when he does retire? Um, definitely. You know, uh, his age is to be playing hockey. That's a special thing. Um, you know, we got to enjoy it with Chalios despite his limited role, but Recchi's still playing, you know, really top-line minutes. Um, he's got two Stanley Cups under his belt. He's got over 1,400 points in over 1,500 games. That's phenomenal for a player his age. You know, 500 goals, uh, seven all-star appearances. And, you know, most importantly, he's a really good playoff performer. He's got 123 points in just over 150 games. And, uh, you know, that's something where whether or not he's going to be first ballot material could be debated, but he's definitely Hall of Fame material. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I definitely see him eventually getting into the, uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, Aaron, the other big news of the day was the Atlanta Thrashers finally being sold to True North Sports and Entertainment, and, um, you know, they're... They're going to move to Winnipeg now. Um, obviously, this is something that's been kind of in the works now for a uh, for several weeks. Um, you know, after uh, after Phoenix, after the city of Glendale um, decided to pay twenty five million dollars to kind of cover the uh, some of the expenses that Phoenix has um, that Phoenix had to keep them in Glendale. When they did that, the, uh, the attention of the next team to be moved shifted over to Atlanta and, and things with Atlanta seemed to progress really, really, really fast. And, um, 
you know, again, they're, they're, they bought, they're sold. Uh, you know, Gary Bettman gave the, uh, you know, was at the press conference today in Winnipeg. People in Winnipeg were cheering. Of course, this all, you know, all of this has to go under the Board of Governors, which I believe is going to uh, be voted on on uh, June 21st in New York, where the, uh, you know, the sale of the team has to have a 75% um, majority vote, whereas the relocation only has to have a, uh, a, a general majority vote to be relocated. Um, but the price tag wasn't much at all. I believe it was $170 million um, to sell the Atlanta Thrashers, and there's going to be a $60 million relocation fee that's going to be distributed among the 29 other NHL teams. Um, but, Aaron, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the NHL um, back in Winnipeg? Well, you know, first I, when I first heard, I was uh, kind of upset for the fans of Atlanta. You know, they fought for a team to come back there, and uh, you know, and I think they got into, I think they got kind of shafted actually by you know them running into financial trouble so soon after Phoenix did, and you know, NHL was so focused on keeping Phoenix there that when this popped up, you know, they're just kind of like, we don't, we can't really stop it now, just because we've invested so much in trying to get Phoenix to work that by shifting our attention to Atlanta it's kind of just going to screw both teams. So I think Atlanta got really screwed by that situation. But, you know, it's great for Winnipeg because, you know, they've been hungry for one, you know, ever since the Jets left. And, uh, you know, it's great for Canada because they feel like they deserve another hockey team and good for them. Yeah, I mean, the ironic thing about all of this is Atlanta has had two NHL teams and they couldn't hold on to them. Uh, Winnipeg now is going to have two NHL teams. They couldn't hold on to the first one. We'll see what happens with this other one. Um, I, you have to know that Gary Bettman isn't happy about a team going back to Winnipeg. One, because Winnipeg is going to be the smallest market now in the NHL. Two, because the MTS Center, even though it is a modern arena, it only holds 15,000 people. And... Um, by NHL standards, that's not really a whole lot. I'm sure that's how many people came to see the Atlanta Thrashers anyway. I was just about to say when, that the Thrashers wouldn't be able to fill that stadium. Yeah, anyway. um, but Aaron, can Winnipeg, can Winnipeg fans really, I guess, be at ease with Gary Bettman as the NHL commissioner? Because it seems like Winnipeg's going to have to do a whole lot to show that they can keep their team in Winnipeg, I mean, they're going to have to they're going to have to sell out a you know consecutive games. They're going to have to have great season ticket sales. They're going to have to have great support from the city, and I think they can do this. But you know, with Gary Bettman, I I don't think Gary Bettman wants a team in Winnipeg. I really do think that he wants to move a team back to a bigger market, you know, like a Las Vegas or like a uh, Kansas City. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? Um, you know, no, I definitely agree. I don't think. Um... Batman was happy about this, and like I said, I think it just happened so quick that um, it was there. There was really no time to react by the league or by Batman. Um, and you know, it, during uh, his press conference, you could really read between the lines in some of his quotes, and that he was trying to just be there, you know, for the sake of the league. But that he was just really not happy about this. And I mean, one of his quotes really stuck out at me when he said, "You know, the success of this team depends on ticket sales." And that's kind of not only a slap both to Atlanta, 
or the, you know, the entire league almost, but really to the city of Winnipeg. In a way, there he's right. I mean, it does, it does, it does depend. Like any other team, I mean, if you don't, if you don't sell tickets, if you don't have people going to the games, then you're not, you're not going to survive. Um, which isn't why Winnipeg moved in the first place. You know, they had support from, you know, you know, from the city. Um, they had fans. You know, it's the Canadian dollar, their arena there, and at the time, just. And Gary Bettman himself were just working against him. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, I totally agree. I think that, you know, I still think that, you know, Winnipeg, you know, I th- I still think that their fans need to be on pins and needles in a sense that, you know, that they have a commissioner that's going to be working against them, um, you know, in the coming in the, you know, in the coming years. And Tip shaking his head. Go ahead, Tip. No, I, I disagree with that statement. I, I there, There's no way Bettman's going to work against them. He wants them to be successful just like he wants the NHL to be successful as much as people don't like the man he wants the NHL to be successful the teams in Winnipeg he's not going to turn his back on them he's going to do his best to make sure they are successful well, you might not be happy about this but he's it doesn't mean he's going to turn his back on them. well I think I think at the you know at the first opportunity that he can move the team I think he will I don't I disagree with that uh, what about Atlanta themselves, uh, Aaron? I mean, like I said, they you know they had the they had the Atlanta Flames, which were there from 1972 to 1980 when they you know packed up and moved north to Calgary, and then they had the Thrashers that you know as part of an NHL expansion in 1999, and they're gone now. Um, will Atlanta ever have a, another NHL franchise again? Um, you know, I hope so, just because the fans that kind of were showing up, you know, and really supported the team, you know, they showed a, a lot of love and, you know, diehard passion that makes, you know, the move, especially for the team, I think, really bittersweet because they're going to be going somewhere where it's a more hockey town, obviously, you know, they're going to get better sales. But the thing was, you know, when they played well, that stadium could get pretty loud and there were a lot of people there. Um, so it, it really is kind of a sad move, especially for the fans of that city, because there were people who loved hockey. And it's just the sad thing is, is you know, when a team's not playing well, you're not going to sell out, and you're not going to make a lot of money off a team. Um, and, you know, you can see that in almost any market. Even if it's a northern market, you know, there's times where you look and Buffalo had to be sold because their owners couldn't take it anymore. They were sick of just for sales and no revenue coming in. So it's something where I think the ownership has to be the right fit for a southern market like that. Um, I, yeah, I always feel bad for the fans because the fans ultimately, when in something like that, are the ones who get screwed, and they have no control over it. But, um, I mean, the owners in Atlanta have been looking for, looking to sell this team for years now. I mean, they're saying maybe as back, far back as like 06 or 07. So um, it. And no, no one was biting. I mean, that's what Gary Bettman said today too. You know, that there, no one in it, no one down there was biting on this offer. And as we know, how much they sold it for, it was not a large sum of money, no. especially for a professional sports team franchise. So, I feel bad for the fans, but I honestly don't know if there is a market there. They failed twice now. The so. Atlanta's not a good sports town. Period. No, they're not. Tip. They. I mean. I mean. Even the Braves, who right. have gone to you know multiple you know or consecutive you know, playoff appearances, which in baseball, it's not easy to get into the playoffs in baseball. Um, yeah, they, they did it for, what, how many years? It was ridiculous. Yeah, they, they still couldn't sell out. Exactly. They've had trouble. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have been bad, but, you know, they even when they're good, too, they don't, 
they have trouble, you know, bringing people in the games. And the Atlanta Hawks are good well, now. Good right now. Yeah, they're good right now. Even the Falcons. The Falcons have had trouble also. Atlanta's a bad sports town. And you could, you know, you could put them in the same category as Miami. Miami's Florida. a horrible sports town. And yeah, like you said, Nicholas, Florida's a Florida itself is a horrible sports state. It's, they're both transplant states. Sure. So m- most of the people down there aren't from there. So it's they have allegiances to other teams. So it's they're they're tough markets to mm-hmm. sell even though there's a ton of people there. Those people aren't a lot, aren't uh, you know, in unison on one thing. Sure. So it's it's a really hard market down there. Um, what about the NHL though, Aaron? I mean, it's I mean, like we said, I mean, this is the second time Atlanta's had an NHL team and it's failed. Um, they're moving it back to a city that you know has already had an NHL team once and that failed. Uh, you know, Phoenix is failing as we speak. You can say the same thing too about Nashville that's had problems too. Um, with attendance and money, and you throw Florida into the mix there, and in a sense, you also could, you could also throw Tampa Bay in there as well. I mean, how much credibility, if any, has the NHL lost because of of the relocation and the expansion in cities that, quite honestly, don't deserve or are, aren't fit for you know a winter sport like hockey? Um, you know, I think they're gonna end up getting a big hit out of this just because. You know, bringing the team back up north, you know, I think that's going to be a big celebration for a lot of fans. Uh, in terms of people looking at this as a failed project, I think maybe down the line we might look at that if there ever was to be another expansion. Um, and I think people really doubt moving a team back down there. Um, you know, but I think for the whole move for Atlanta, uh, you know, whereas Phoenix was kind of dragged out, this one was really quickly done. Like you said, it was a couple weeks, you know, despite the team being up for sale. The relocation happened quick, um, and I mean, you brought up the relocation fee, you know, that goes of sixty million dollars. That goes to kind of show to me that you know maybe the NHL isn't a in favor of moving people, period, but that teams themselves just have to really kind of stop and wonder: is this a place we want to go? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean. <sighs> And I don't want to put a lot of the blame on Gary Bettman, but I'm going to anyway. I just think I think Gary Bettman is uh, is you know a big reason why the NHL has lost uh, has lost all of its credibility as you know in terms of you know being a successful sports um, organization. Um, but uh, other than that, though, um, one final thing here, one final topic for Crash in the Net tonight: uh, the San Jose Sharks. Um, Losing the conference finals to Vancouver, um, they go down relatively easily to to the Canucks. Um, what now for the San Jose Sharks? Because year after year after year, they're one of those teams that is is right up there that's supposed to be, you know, in contention for the Stanley Cup. But again, they they don't do much of anything. What now for this team, though? Um, you know, if I was the GM, it would seem to me it's definitely time to make some moves. Um, you know, they're missing something in this lineup, and that's what's cost them the past couple years. Uh, you know, it, whether it's goaltending, you know, Nabokov was considered a world-class netminder. Niemi had high expectations coming off, you know, a very good season with the Blackhawks despite having a great team in front of him. San Jose's had a very good team up front and, in, and you know, in the blue line for years now. Um, you know, in this series, Penalties hurt, but you got to expect that in the playoffs. You can't just keep getting more and more upset and furious when you're getting outplayed because 
tempers will boil over, and that's just going to create a vicious cycle you're not going to get out of against a team like Vancouver and even Detroit. Um, you know, but the problem is there's something wrong in the locker room because you need to have your players playing at their best level, and, you know, it just wasn't happening, especially in this series. You know, Thornton started finally playing well, but then we talked about it before. No one else kept it up. Um, Heatley and Pavelski were all but invisible this series. Chloe wasn't nearly as effective as he was before the seven-game series with Detroit. And, you know, despite Marlowe showing some signs of life, it's, it, you know, it's never going to be enough when you have two guys trying to carry the team. Is uh, Todd McClellan's job safe right now, or is he, uh, or is he potentially, you know, going to be fired because of uh, San Jose once again not being able to complete the job here? Um, you know, that could be a possible solution. I think McClellan has shown he's a great coach, though. You know, he's been phenomenal in regular season, and despite some things, there's not much you can control in the playoffs in terms of you know rolling a different lineup to try to shake things up because that's just not going to matter with teams, really. Um, you know, I don't I don't think his job is going to be in jeopardy. And even if it was, he'd have no problem finding work. But I think it's going to be a player movement before it's a coaching change. I hope he loses his job because I want him to go to the Eastern Conference so the Wings don't have to deal with them anymore, or not that much anymore. Uh, but, I mean, what about, I mean, San Jose in terms of, of losing this series to Vancouver, did did they really lose the series in the semifinals when they played Detroit and couldn't finish them off in uh, in four games? Uh, no, yeah, I think um, you know San Jose kind of. I wouldn't say they surprised themselves. You know, I think they surprised the hockey world in that game seven. I think everyone figured they're going to go down just because it they've earned that label of choke artist. Well, speaking of uh, choke artists, too, I mean, we, we're going to be talking a little bit more later on about the biggest chokers in uh, in, in in sports history. But uh, what about for the NHL? I mean, where do you where do you put the San Jose Sharks over the past uh, few years here, as far as the biggest chokers in NHL history? Um, you know, I don't think they're the biggest chokers in NHL history. You can look at teams, uh, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, who's, you know, just like the Yankees. You know, they buy t- they buy the biggest stars and bring them in, and then nothing happens. That's um, right, Dick. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a real shame. You know, you could people would say Hosa's a big choke artist because of his year in Pittsburgh and then year in Detroit where he just couldn't get it done, and then he came through. But, you know, I think there's certain players on the team that just couldn't come together. Um you know, I don't think Niemi's the goalie that's going to be able to lead the Sharks. I'm not putting all the losses on him because he came up phenomenally sometimes. But for the most part, he didn't get tested that hard as well. But if a star like Nabokov can't lead him, who, you can't expect, you know, Brodeur or Wah to come in and just show up. So I think that choke-wise, no. They're not the biggest chokers in NHL history. You know, you could say Patrick Waugh is for when he played Detroit sometimes or when he played for, against Detroit and Montreal, that that was a huge choke. I just think that it's kind of hard to pinpoint an exact team or player when it's such a, and when everything is involved on the entire team playing well together. What about Joe Thornton? Is he the biggest loser in the NHL right now? <laughs> I think he definitely feels like he is. I mean, uh, he's been on good teams almost his entire career 
Um, and, you know, he came in and was supposed to lead after, you know, uh, Marlowe stepped down as captain. And I think he definitely feels like he's just not doing enough. And I think that by thinking that, he's just going to get worse and worse. I think he's one of the guys he might lose, don't you think, Aaron? I think he might definitely be someone who, I mean, San Jose could really go into this offseason and say no one's untouchable. You give us the right price and they're yours because they have the pieces where if they brought in some talent, they could make up for losing that one person. Uh, You know, just look at who they had coming. I think their biggest star the whole year and even in the playoffs was Logan Couture, uh, you know, a rookie who came in and made a difference where he could easily replace Heatley or Pavelski or uh, Setaguchi or even Thornton. Yeah, I think Thornton's gone. I really do. Yeah, I do too, Tip. I think uh, I think he probably wants to be too. Oh sure, I you know Thornton is probably a guy that needs a, a chain of a change of, change of scenery there, and perhaps in Manitoba. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us this week, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week for Crash in the Net when we'll be uh, right in the thick of the uh, of the Stanley Cup Finals there. Sounds good, guys. You have a good night. All right. You thanks, too. Aaron. All right, that's uh, that's Aaron Agemeyer for Crash in the Net. You can hear that every Tuesday night right here on the Majors Live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you tune in for that, and we'll be talking uh, Stanley Cup next week as well. So um, other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. This is the Majors Live on the Majors.net. We'll be right back. This week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh, boy, a kitty cat. Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty? It's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? Millions of healthy cats to choose from. It's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters. This bobcat's heavy. Help, sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts! Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. (gasps) What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. 
Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. This is a Majors Sports Update. I am Adam Hernandez. First the Flames, now the Thrashers. The struggling NHL franchise was sold Tuesday to a group that will move it to Winnipeg next season, making Atlanta the first city in the league's modern era to lose two teams. The Flames left for Calgary in 1980. The Thrashers are following them to Canada three decades later. I want to thank all the Thrashers fans that supported us in Atlanta for my two years there. Very unfortunate there will be no NHL hockey, tweeted Evander Kane, one of the team's most promising young players. I will miss the great people and the city of Atlanta. True North Sports and Entertainment announced the deal during the news during a news conference at Winnipeg's NTS Center, the 15,015-seat arena where the team will play. The news sparked a raunchous celebration in Manitoba's largest city, which is rejoining the league after losing the Jets to Phoenix in 1996. Ryan Leaf, the former NFL quarterback who was among the biggest stories in the NFL when he was drafted in 1998, is recovering from brain surgery in California after doctors removed a benign tumor. A statement from Leaf's, Leaf's publicist, Margot Myers, was released Tuesday. It said Leaf had been experiencing dizziness and blurred vision before seeing a doctor May 18th. He had surgery a week later at St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica, California. California. He was discharged Saturday. Los Angeles Dodgers owner Frank McCourt was paid his major league bills, has paid his major league bills for now, despite baseball's officials who believe he didn't have enough money to cover the team's end-of-the-month payroll. The embattled McCourt was able to cover the Dodgers-related expenses Tuesday, said a person familiar with the situation. If McCourt wasn't able to meet payroll, a question that lingers for the remainder of the season, Major League Baseball would have taken control and paid the team's bills themselves. Dan Weldon will be the next IndyCar series. Will be at the next IndyCar series race in Texas. The Indianapolis 500 winner just doesn't know if he will be sitting in a cockpit or a television booth. Weldon hopes to be driving in the dual races at Texas Motor Speedway on June 11th. During a promotional stop on Tuesday in Texas, he said he will have to wait and see. A one-race contract with Brian Herta Autosport expired hours after Weldon's improbable win at Indianapolis on Sunday. Weldon says he doesn't think they've hurt the chances of doing more by winning. If unable to find a suitable ride with Herta or another team, Weldon is set to work as an analyst on Versus Network on the Versus Network broadcast of the race. For more, check out themajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to you, the Majors Live on themajors.net. I'm Adam Hernandez. Welcome back to the Majors Live on the Majors.net and Grady.com. If you're just joining us, this is episode number 63. It's almost day 2,197 in the search for Tim Shevelday. So far, we've done a lot of Jim Trestle talk. We've talked pretty extensively about his resignation and about NCAA football and the potential cheating that's going on in that area altogether. We also crashed the Stanley Cup net with Aaron Agamire. Here's your host, Adam Hernandez. All right, well, um, 
Squirrel, you're going to be back for Grouty this week, right? Correct. All right. Well, what's what's going to be happening this Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m.? You know, we're going to do some video game talk, talk a little bit about the uh, game day, um, uh, you know, um, game day celebrations, if that's the right word, that were going on throughout the uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, some of the money raised for the International Video Game Hall of Fame. And uh, we're going to have our panel discussion and uh, just all around silliness and grouchiness. All right, now inside the, and that could be got it eight eight o'clock eight o'clock time eight o'clock Eastern time right here on the majors.net or on grouty.com. All right, and um, this week we'll be uh, in, inside the huddle. We'll be back um, on the air. Um, we'll be going in depth about this whole Jim Trestle thing once again. So um, and you know who knows by that time we might have more stuff to talk about, uh, more new stuff to talk about. So make sure you stay tuned for that 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, right here on the majors.net. So. Um, other than that, though, I wanted to get into a little bit of, uh, of the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals starts um, tonight. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat. Uh, this is going to be a, an excellent matchup. And you can read Gary Pickula's Jr.'s um, preview for it on our website, themajors.net. Very, very good read. Um, so make sure you check that out. Um, obviously, the uh, I don't want to say the favorite in this series, but the... Uh, Everybody's going to be rooting for Dallas, you would, you would suspect, um, just simply because of, uh, you know, the hatred that everybody has right now. NBA fans across the board, except if you're in Miami or, you know, those few that, you know, still like LeBron James, um, you know, like I said, are going to be cheering for Dallas. There are still a few LeBron slappies out there. There are. Just, there are, and our own Gary Pegula Jr. Yeah, is one of them. <laughs> I call them servants. Because isn't that what they, that's what the king called his people? Yeah, so. they're peasants. They're, they're peasants. peasants. Yeah, so. that works too. Um, but I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? I think I think right now, the favorite is Miami, just because oh, of easy. just because sure. of you know the big three. Um, they've been playing extremely well. Their defenses look excellent. Um, they they plowed through Boston. Um, they through Chicago. They plowed through Chicago. They made Derrick Rose pretty. LeBron made Derrick Rose pretty much a non-factor. And I, uh, you know, in that last series, in the it West, didn't look like Eastern much Cup. of an MVP to me. No, he didn't. Not at all. Um, Every but, rose has its thorn, and his thorn was the <laughs> But I mean, I don't want people writing off <laughs> Dallas because this is a team that went in and handled Oklahoma City pretty well. Um, and I thought Oklahoma City was going to put up much more of a fight than they did. Against they're they're a good road team, too. Absolutely. And I think Dallas is going to win. Actually, I'm going with Dallas too. I, I really do. I think you know. Look what they did to uh, to LA. LA, the Lakers mm-hmm. are a. They, they were a very good team, very good team. Kobe Bryant, I mean, is obviously arguably the the best player in the NBA. He has a good supporting cast around him, and Paul Gasol, um, Andrew Bynum, um, and they had good coaching too. And Phil Jackson, who knows how to win championships. I mean, he's he's got a, a, a fistful of them. They ran out of gas. They did, and but you can't you can't take that away from Dallas, though. No, I'm not. I picked Dallas from the beginning. Remember? <laughs> of course. They ran out of gas, <laughs> and they ran into Dirk. Exactly. Um, but I mean, what do you? Dirk got? Bird. I think the key to this series for Dallas is Jason Kidd. <laughs> Jason Kidd, huh? No, I do. I think yeah. if he can contain Wade a little and play good D, that's going to be the key to the series. If Miami's D plays as well as it has, they will win. Uh, the series, in my opinion, I want Dallas bad, but I think the key is defense, and I think Jason Kidd's going to be one of the ma- main 
I think he's Dallas's key. I think, you know, Dirk's Dirk. I mean, he's just a great, great player. But I think it, this is going to come down to your fourth and fifth players in your bench. And uh, whoever has the better fourth and fifth players in the bench is going to win this series, I think. I like that Berea for Dallas, man. Yeah, that, that dude's that is a tiny dude, and man, he just he just gets open. He just gets through. I mean, he was eating Oklahoma City up. Well, they were, he was eating them alive, yeah, especially Dallas, in Game Six. Yeah, Dallas can hit their threes. I mean, that's going to be huge for them. I think if it comes down to the bench tip, I think Dallas has the edge in yeah, this I think, one. I do. I think that's what's going to come down to. That, that's a huge advantage too, because a, a complaint that I will I, I've said for years about LeBron and Dwayne Wade. You could you could lump Chris Bosh in as well if you want, but these are guys that although they're great, although they have amazing skill, they are great at their at their trade, if you will. They are guys that do not know how to play without the ball, as well as others. You know, as well as other superstars. And that you know, I don't want to criticize completely, but I believe that um, that Dallas is a team that can take advantage of that of that weakness. I wish. Dallas is going to win this, but I think Miami will win in five. I really don't see anybody stopping them right now. I don't. I don't see how Dallas is going to beat them. So I think Miami just looks unbeatable, honestly. And most opinion. people would agree with me. No, and I oh I know that it's the obvious choice. Oh yeah, my really heart do. my heart's with Dallas all the way. Oh, same my, here. But my brain tells me Miami's going to win it. I can't wait to see Mark Cuban up there with a. Uh, with uh, David Stern getting that trophy, and uh, and I can't wait to listen to what Mark Cuban has to say. Are you trying to make me root for LeBron? Or? <laughs> no, I, I, know. I, I really want Dale's one. I think it'd be great. Come on, that'll be great. I mean, listen to what Mark Cuban has to say. It would I be guess. the best case scenario would be if Mark Cuban was homesick the day Dallas won the, the championship. No, I want, I want. And then Dirk had to do everything and stuff. I want That'd Mark right. Cuban there. I want him arguing with the refs. I want him doing everything that. Mark Cuban does best because Mark Cuban is a great NBA owner and he deserves an NBA championship. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope I, maybe I, he'll get one next year. <laughs> I I believe in the embargo and think all Cubans should be banned from the United <laughs> States. <laughs> um like I said, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go with Dallas in 7 games on this one. I just um Tip, I think you brought up a good point as far as the bench goes. I think if they, if it does come down to that, I think Dallas definitely has the edge. Um, Dallas is going to be running into a Miami team that can play defense, though, uh, unlike some of these other teams that they had to play. Oh, exactly. That's 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 it. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that you know Oklahoma City as good as they are with uh, with Kevin Durant. Um, I don't think that they played a lot of defense, which uh, which 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 played which definitely played in Dallas's favor. Um, you I mean, know, five on five, you got to go with Miami. Let's just be honest. About oh, it. Yeah, five on five, yes. You so you it's, have to. It's gonna be it's gonna be up to Dallas's. Like I said, fourth and fifth in their bench. If they're hot and they can come in and get good minutes, they can beat Miami. But Miami's D is really good. Yeah, Miami's D is really good. Um, and you know, like you said, it's if if it comes down to a bench game, then I'm gonna I, you I I'm gonna go with Dallas. Uh, and. I, I don't think that Miami is unbeatable is as unbeatable as everybody thinks they are. Oh, I don't are. think they're unbeatable. Um, no, I, I don't think they are either. And it's uh, and <clears throat> you got to keep in mind too that uh, that they're going to be that I still don't think LeBron James is as clutch as everybody thinks he is after a couple of you know 
after what he's done so far in the series. Hey, as um, far as I'm concerned, an old Pistons team, Lakers team, Celtics team, or Bulls team would whip both of these teams' agreed. asses. Agreed. In four. Mm-hmm. And you remember, this is a team that was put together just this past offseason. This isn't a team that's been playing together for, you know, a couple of seasons now. And you got to give them credit for that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as much as you, we all rip on LeBron, you can. We, the fact is he, they're there and they're great playing player. and they're playing great right now. They're, they, is, they, are, they are just playing great ball. You know, as much as I think this is going to be a great series, and I do, I think this I think is going to be, be too. I think it amazing. could be one of the great series sure. of all time. But, I mean, the point you just made is, is excellent, though, because I don't think these are – Either of these teams are two of the greatest teams oh, no. we've seen close. in the NBA Finals in the last, you know, even in the last ten years, no, let alone close. NBA history. These are these are not two amazing teams here, but I do think this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be close, and I, I'm I'm stoked about it. Actually, I mean, I think it's going to be great. Me too. I'm, no, I'm looking. For, I'm you know, I don't watch a lot of NBA. I really don't, but I'm going to try to watch as much as I can of this. School, do we get your prediction? How many yeah, games? I, I, um, I'm going to say Dallas and six. Dallas and six, and I'm sorry, Tip, what did you? Uh... It's so hard for me to say this because I really want Dallas bad. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with Miami, probably in six or seven. Well, you can't argue with that. I'm Like I said, I'm going with Dallas. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not with... rooting for them, believe me. <laughs> I'm but, going with. We understand that. No, yeah. it's a. You know, we understand. Tip's rooting for Miami. So, anyway. <laughs> um, look at this. You said Miami in five. All right. Well, um, well there you go. Um, you probably get a score on that right now, too, to see what, what exactly is going on with it. Yeah, I think it started at nine didn't, or uh, eight o'clock, didn't it? Yeah, let me, let me see. nine, okay. Let me see if I can get a score up here. Yeah, it's got to be at least second quarter. Oh, oh they, have, they have Chris Bosh uh, going up for a layup on the on SI.com's um, Main page there, seventeen to sixteen. Dallas is leading. Looks like the start of the second quarter. So told y'all, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Just like I think kids a big key to Dallas. I think Bosch is going to be the big key to Miami. I really do. I, I agree with what you had to say about Jason Kidd as well. I mean, I, if he can, he's not going to play better than Dwayne Wade. But if he can contain Dwayne Wade defensively to some degree, that's huge. It, it will be huge. Because he's been playing great. He, he has. I and mean, he arguably might be the, still the best point guard in the game right now. Sure. And I, and I don't necessarily agree with what Adam said about uh, about LeBron not being clutch. Of course you don't tip Junior. Well, no, Go I'm on. Just, I'm just saying that I, I do kind of think LeBron – can can be clutch, I, but I do, I do too, but actually. but Adam, I mean, in your defense, I mean, a lot of people agree with what you have to say that Dwayne Wade is the guy that if if you got a last second basket to to you know to be made, it's Dwayne Wade you want still, with the ball, yeah, not I still LeBron. Think need to be going to Dwayne Wade, you know, you know I mean, the final seconds. he is a very clutch player, and if he can be contained and you know force LeBron to you know to make those shots. Then uh, you know that, that that could be huge for Dallas. Um, other than that, though, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our game time segment here. Um, bitches and badasses. Like I said, top of the show. There's a lot to choose from from this past week. Um, who wants to who wants to lead off this? Uh... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, squirrel. 
Uh, mine are pretty easy this week, actually, and because basically we've covered all of it. But bitch this week, um, you know, I I thought about going, you know, uh, you know Ohio State altogether. Thought about going, you know, the AD or the you know president. Thought about just going with uh, the sweater vest. But no, the the bitch here is Jim Trussell. No, no, no. I'm not gonna hide it. Not gonna beat around the bush. Jim Trussell is my bitch for the week. And uh, why? <laughs> Download the first half of the show and find out. <laughs> uh, badass this week, you know, again, we just kind of talked about it a little bit ago. But, you know, on this show, we have criticized the NBA pretty heavily, you know, a lot. We, we've talked a lot about how they have screwed up and what they've done wrong. Uh, we've talked about what David Stern has done wrong. We've talked about, you know, the fans, the players, their reactions. We've criticized LeBron a lot. We've criticized Miami a lot. But right now, looking at the NBA, they are about to have an amazing NBA Finals. I really think it's going to be exciting, and um, I think it's going to be badass. So, the NBA. Do you think it's going to be fixed so LeBron finally gets his first I don't. Win? I don't. Nicholas <laughs> is shaking his head yes. But I'm one of those naive guys that thinks there's NCAA coaches that aren't cheating and... Uh, you know, uh, that sports aren't fixed. So I'm one of those crazy weirdos. Time to head in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Who do we have up next? Uh, Badass City of Winnipeg. It's awesome. Glad they're getting the team back. It's awesome. That'd be Lickless. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Come on, you know. Uh, I I desperately wanted to do another expose bitch on how ESPN blows LeBron James when he takes a shit, but... Instead, I'm going to do Jim Trussell because it's obvious. How can you not pick Jim Trussell to be your bitch this week? And just a hilarious bitch at that. I mean, I I don't know how you couldn't laugh yesterday morning just out of giddy amusement watching him resign. It's so awesome. (laughs) Tip? I'm going to do a baseball bitches and badass. My bitch this week are the Detroit Tigers. I'm getting really tired of watching this team not hit and not play good baseball. Um, just getting tired of watching. It's it's getting uh, pretty discouraging. For They're me. winning tonight 8-7. to seven. That's fine. About 500, three wins in a row. My badass this week is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Here's a team that came out of nowhere. They're in first place in the West. Kudos to Kurt Gibson. And uh, you know what? The way the West looks right now in the National League, that entire division's up for grabs. They might just pull it off. So Arizona Diamondbacks are my badasses this week nice now they did completely come out of nowhere it's like crazy did you did you see who was uh who was released i don't know it was not last yeah. week but galarraga uh, yep galarraga so uh tigers fans can you please shut up no about kidding. about wanting galarraga back in detroit he's obviously not a good pitcher Should snatch him up yeah they, <laughs> and that's and that's what and that's what i heard i think it was on our facebook page too when when i put it on there there were people saying Let's get Galarraga back. Yeah, that's because well, that's a Tigers' problem is they're starting pitching. Oh yeah, and you you know what is is yeah, I, I'm becoming a I'm becoming a, a Dave Dombrowski critic myself, but you've got to hand it to him on that one. He really made the right decision in getting rid of Galarraga and bringing Brad Penny aboard because Brad Penny's looked really good so far this that's season, so well. and you, you wouldn't suspect it based on his track record in the American League. So. 
um, Galarraga, all you had to do is look at every other game that wasn't the non-perfect game. We had to look at all Seriously. the... All you had to do is look at his games after That's the perfect game. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean it, they, it was a no-brainer. And, he was, and can I bring something up about... Because when you listen to Sports Talk Radio, you know you know how much I love the fans. You love it. I, I do. The fans are just so intelligent, especially in Detroit. If I hear one more person say, I can't believe the Tigers traded Matt Joyce... Can, can we please get it? understand that Max Scherzer is why he's a yeah. – because of that trade, we have Max Scherzer now. Because we, we got Edwin Jackson for Matt Joyce, who was very good here, and then we traded him and got Max Scherzer. So it's another pretty good trade, too. So could we just, like, put this one to bed about Matt Joyce, like he's going to be the MVP in the American League this year. So Tip thinks all Detroit fans are stupid. Seven three four two five nine four nine four one, or you can text net two four eight four two nine seven seven two nine. You probably can't work your phone though, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, um. yeah. If Tip was saying this, you know, you press the the buttons with the numbers on, it, and that's how you get in contact with us. So, or leave us feedback in our Facebook pages. Yeah. Facebook.com slash the majors X or Facebook.com slash TMSNX. Um, my bitch this past week is I'm going to go ahead and say um, E. Gordon Gee, uh, president of Ohio State University. You look back on that uh, on that press conference um, a couple months ago when all this was starting to come into fruition. Uh, you know when he's like, hey, I just hope Jim Trestle doesn't fire me. And God, what could this have been handled any any poorly than how Gordon Gee handled it? The king it? of the tools. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly... Orville Redenbacher himself, it's just, he's absolutely terrible. And you know what? You never... Going forward with all of this, I really do believe that Gene Smith is going to end up losing his job as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, the athletic director. Absolutely. And uh, So who, is the president of Ohio State. Well, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Gordon Gee? Now you're going to see a whole, whole change. Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, Gordon Gee, my uh, bitch for this past week. And my badass, um, he's oftentimes could be seen as a huge, huge bitch in the world of sports. Uh, but my badass this past week um, is Barry Bonds. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this or not, but that um, but that uh, the Giants fan that was beaten in, uh, in L.A. at the opening weekend who's, you know, in a coma right now. Uh, Barry Bonds has come out and is going to pay for his kids' entire college. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, Good again, for him. Yeah, Good it, for him. You know what? It, 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 and I heard people talking about, the, oh, this is just a, you know, it, you know it's just for him to, uh, to fix his image. That's the only reason why he's here. So what? He did it. Who cares, you know? He's paying for I, I love people say that. Yeah, he, he did it anyway. Yeah, he did it anyway. And, it, and even if it was his advisor saying, oh, you should do this. I, I, it was Barry Bonds giving the final call. He didn't have to do this at all, but he did it. And you know these kids are going to go on, and they're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to be able to go to college for free. So, and because of Barry Bonds, and to me, that's that's absolutely you know phenomenal what Barry Bonds has done. Oh, even though he I didn't is, hear that. That's great. Yeah, even though he is a, and that does, and it still doesn't, you know, you know, wipe away everything that he's done in baseball. I mean, I still think he's a giant tool in terms of what he's done on the field and with the steroids and everything. But you know what? This does definitely help, um, you know, him kind of, you know, showing that he isn't a complete He's giant. only doing the right thing because he wants people to think he's a nice guy. 
If that's the case, then, <laughs> I know. if this if this is what we get from Barry Bonds, yeah. you know, him doing nice deeds, then what the hell's the difference, you know? <laughs> um, it's like he's only working hard because he wants people to think he's good at his job. <laughs> yeah, it's – yeah, it's – Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to get me going here. I'm, Go I'm, ahead. I'm take getting, it away no, if you I'm want. Gonna, I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. There, there, this is totally oh, – it's disconnected. There's an old George Bernard Shaw play called Major Barbara that's about this idea. Basically, uh, but in that, it's about um, armaments and making money off that, but in turn, turning that money and doing g- great things with it. And that's basically what the whole play is about. And it's a really good – it's an awesome play check it out but it's the same idea and this is like the same argument people always have with this they have like make if you do something if you do something that people don't agree with but then you do something good with that money they still look at you like you're a horrible person like you can't erase bad deeds ever even if it's something like so wonderful so i don't understand how people are i just don't get it i really don't People liking, or they want to continue to hate Barry Bonds, no yeah. matter. And, you and know, people, matter what quite frankly, does. and they they love to see people fail. I, I hate it's true that mm-hmm. you just people just love to see people fail. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm going to use an example of Jim Trussell. I heard an interview with Chris Spielman today. It was a very good interview. Mitch Album interviewed him on the radio, and Spielman, quite frankly, was very very hard on Trussell, and very you could tell he was so disappointed in him. But in the same sentence he said he's a he is a friend and i think he's an honorable guy and i you know he does like trussell but he really was hard on him he said he what he did is which he should be and then somebody called in later and said how could you say he's honorable da 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 and mitch actually did handle this well he goes it was me he goes you know (laughs) trussell screwed up okay we all know he screwed up but it doesn't mean in most of his life, he's not an honorable person and has integrity. In this case, he screwed up. So it's like everybody, you're not allowed to ever make a mistake. And then if you do make a mistake and try to rectify it, you, you, you're just never let off the hook. Like Barry Bonds or Michael Vick. No matter what these guys do the rest of their life, they're just, it's always going to be that, well, they just did it for that reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe they really did it because they wanted to do it. You never you know, know. So, I th- and I think I, just I think, think people are just so cynical. And I think I think Barry Bonds, deep down, wanted to do this because he 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 wanted to help a a Giants fan's family and a guy that was savagely beaten for no reason at all. Um, help his kids, you know, because going forward with this, their dad's not going to be the same guy that they knew. Even if he does come out of a coma, he's going to have brain damage. He's going to be a totally different person. And you know you got to feel for these kids, and I'm sure Barry Bonds. Well, felt I'm for sure these if you kids. went back in Barry Bonds' past, I'm sure he's done this for a lot of people that we just don't know about. And, he, and another thing too is Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds didn't, you know, go to the media with this himself. Exactly. Nobody did. That's... The media got a hold of this on their own. So, you know, and even if he did go to the media with it, who cares? He still gave him the money. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, um, what, what was the headline like? Asshole ball player barely helps child. <laughs> I'm sure that's what a lot of people would have loved to have it say. That's what it was in the L.A. Times. Huge doucher helps, <laughs> you know, hardly gives them enough money to get through a community college. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with 
adulterer uses steroid money <laughs> to help child. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Oh, man. Barry Bonds sends kids to steroids. <laughs> Here, sell these. It made me a ton of money. <laughs> Performance-enhancing you know. tuition. Yep. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, continuing on, um, this past weekend I was at the uh, – I went to the Indy 500. As I said last week, um – I'll tell you, I've I've been to the Indy 500 um, quite a number of times now. My first one was back in 1995, the year before uh, the big split happened with uh, with CART and IRL, and you know basically you know Tony George decided he wanted to destroy the sport. Uh, but I tell you what, I mean uh, the Indy 500, you know the, the events leading up to it and everything like that. It, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, the night before, it's a huge, huge party outside of the track. Um, there's a lot of trash, both physical and, well, there's physical trash, as in you throw away in the trash, and there's a lot of trashy people there. Um, you know, there's, it's, it, you talk about going to a mall and wanting to, uh, you know, just people watch. This is the best people watching that you could ever do. Is go sit on go sit on the curb on Georgetown or 16th Street and just people watch. And you would see some crazy ass people out there. You know, you saw the Bible people out there. I saw a guy dragging a cross down uh down Georgetown Street which, you know, there's a street right outside the uh the speedway there. Um, you know, singing by these church people. Was it, was it an open wheel cross? No. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it is the same thing every single year. Um, I was offered a beer by a few different people. Whoa. Wow. No way. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're only 12. That's yeah. crazy. I had, uh, you know, oh, I, I, so, I, I, in other words, they're nice people. <laughs> yeah. They oh, were trash. Yeah, they they, were they ni- like Jesus and they give out free beer? <laughs> Assholes. They, you know, I they, never they, want to go to that race. I'm going now. They were they were so nice. They came up and told me, he's like, here, man, you got to have this beer. He's like, this isn't any ordinary beer. I wouldn't stone cold this beer right in front of those religious people right in their face. You know where <laughs> Stone Cold takes the beer and, you know, oh, smashes yeah. it together? Uh, now I do. <laughs> yeah, that's no. why he wanted to give me the beer. So I don't know how nice these people actually were. Um, yeah, well, you didn't tell the whole story. Yeah, that, yeah well, you guys wouldn't let me finish. Um, <laughs> Why would we let you finish? Yeah, come on. It was also great. I went and, you know, they brought in, what are they, the paddy wagon. Um, I was walking. I see the paddy wagon sitting out there on 16th. And I see some girl, some drunk girl going crazy in the back of this, kicking the kicking the plexiglass. And I'm just, I'm just sitting here looking at her. And I think she was getting pissed off that I was sitting there looking at her. I was just sitting there staring. She was, she was sitting there kicking. And Squirrel's future girlfriend. I was say, I say, was this my ex-wife? <laughs> <laughs> if she wasn't, did you give her my phone number? Yeah. <laughs> I was scared, man. I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have her have any chance of getting out of there because she was, she was going crazy. And um, I also almost saw a biker fight too. Uh, this guy was riding his motorcycle down the sidewalk, and there's a whole bunch of these. Of, of these Harleys and everything all standing up there. And uh, when he was riding on the sidewalk, he nudges one of these choppers, and it starts to fall over. Um, this guy we were with, though, managed to catch the chopper and stand it back up on his kickstand, but uh, the owner of the chopper saw what happened, went over, yeah, went over to the guy, 
you know, and I thought it was going to be, you know, I thought it was going to be that was going to be the end of that guy on the on the on the, on the Harley. Dude, I expected his bike, yo. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, I don't ride motorcycles, and I know you don't, you know, you don't touch another guy's uh, Harley there. So, anyways, but we did hear that that unlike other years, that was a. Uh, that was a. Uh, it was a pretty. Uh, it was a pretty crazy night. The night before, when we were driving to the track the next morning to go to the race, we find out that uh, that two people were stabbed oh, outside cool. there, and there was a huge fight. And um, you know, p- some pedestrians got got run over by a car. That Barry Bonds is in pain for their kids. College. Yeah, you know, if Barry Bonds really was a true stand-up <laughs> guy, then you know he would have gone in there and you know paid for their medical bills. Is Reggie but- Miller paying for their college. Yes, he is. Indiana. Yes, he is. Because Reggie Miller's a stand-up guy. He pays for everybody's medical bills in Indiana. Oh, yeah. So oh they get God. free medical care there because of Reggie Miller. But uh, anyways, uh, the, 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 <laughs> g- g- you know what? I couldn't believe it going into the going into the track the next morning. How horrible security was. Um, you could bring in coolers, pretty much any oh, size. That's you, awesome. Pretty much any size you want. You could bring in backpacks. Guns. None, none of this was checked. Nobody was checking any bags. Nobody was checking any coolers. They were barely even checking your ticket stub. I could have very well have made up a fake ticket stub and went into the race and wrapped it around your AK-47. Wrapped it around my AK-47. <laughs> but yeah, if you want, if you wanted to bring in a gun or a bomb or something like that, I, which I'm sure everyone did. <laughs> well, you could have. Everyone had, was strapped. You could have. I mean, there's. There's at least two hundred thousand people at this race, and you could take out a you know a good portion of them there. Um, I, didn't know, I didn't know that many people watched IRL. I'm talking at the race. Last no, time, I, oh, I thought it was total people in the world. That's, so many <laughs> that's not true. Last time they totally found the machete I put inside my bazooka. <laughs> but as as far as the race goes, I mean, it was. I mean, you know, I'm an IRL fan, and Tip, you weren't here last week. We actually talked. Uh, we did Pretty, a lot of auto racing. We did a lot of auto racing talk, and you know what? It's a good night to be sick. Well, you know what? Danica Patrick, like always, she did the same exact thing she does every single year at the, at the Indy 500. She got naked? No, she didn't get naked, but she 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 led some of the she led some laps and she led them late. She led um like seven laps with uh with like fifteen laps to go in the race, but you know pit strategy and everything like that. She ended up being taken out of it. She ended up finishing like tenth, I believe. Um, but you know that's it's, it's the same song and dance with uh, with with Danica Patrick. She she goes in. She has a she performs very well at the Indy 500. The rest of the year she falls off. She doesn't do much of anything. Um, and now she's going to be jumping to NASCAR, where she's probably not going to be faring any better there as well. And eventually she's going to be out of the picture here probably in a couple of years unless she goes back to uh, to IRL. Except she makes more money than any other driver oh, on yeah. IRL. Yeah, but I mean. Her, but that's what we discussed last week mm-hmm. was that, I mean, that that's why she's famous, not because of what she's Oh, I agree. Just like Anna Kornikova the same way. Sure. In tennis. Yeah. yeah just. It's, it's, it's kind of a shame in my opinion. She's a decent driver. Uh, and like I said too, when we first started this off, I mean, back in '95, that was the last truly good, you know, time of of open of open wheel racing. Oh, I, I mean, agree because actually, it was they were bigger than NASCAR. Oh, when uh, I was sure, up. and it, it was oh, you yeah. know it was Tony, it was Tony George, the uh, 
the chairman of the Indy 500, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that really ruined things. Yes, things broke off into CART and IRL, and CART ended up being, you know, you know, the odd man out and all this. They ended up folding after so many years. But, I mean, where's IRL now? IRL is, you know, they're on Versus now. When they used to be on, you know, ABC, ABC. they used to be on ESPN. And now you have NASCAR, you know, on the networks. You have NASCAR on, on TBS, on Fox. Whereas, you know, if they didn't do that split, and it was stupid the reason why they did the split. It was because Tony George was, was unsatisfied with, uh, with um, the makeup of the car. He thought the cars were going too fast, which he did kind of have a point. Um, but he, was also, he wanted to also get more, more American-born drivers into the race. Which, yeah, you could see, you know, NASCAR is pretty much, for NASCAR, it's pretty much all American-born drivers, aside from, like, Juan Pablo Montoya, who is an IRL driver at one point. He's Italian, right? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, if, Tip, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if that split never happened, yep. open-wheel racing could be on the same level if not bigger still than nascar which is which is disappointing because i'm still a much bigger open wheel racing fan than i am a nascar fan i don't like nascar at all because when we talked about it last week we think the season is way too long mm -hmm. um and th the races themselves just get watered down i think so it's it's i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm just not impressed with nascar and i whole. like nascar i think it's more exciting racing than uh, open wheel and i could but see that i could see that and i think it's I think if they would have just, you know, left left open wheel racing alone, I don't doubt that it would have just shown to be cyclical and shown that open yeah, wheel right. could have been would have been bigger than NASCAR. If you, you know, like Tip mentioned that you know, open wheel chariot racing was bigger than open, you know, right. than, than stock <laughs> chariot racing. Right. Oh, is that what you're talking up. about? I just wish <laughs> once they turn right. <laughs> Just once, um, but yeah, I, I really, I really, I really do miss it. I miss the big name sponsors too, because now you don't have the big name sponsors there anymore. You don't have, you don't have the Marlboros. I mean, well, they really can't anymore. But you don't have like the, you know, you don't have the the Pennzoils there anymore. You don't. I mean, you have, you still have basically one engine there in Honda. When before you had Chevy, you had Ford, you had Toyota. Um, it's just, it's just a much more um, condensed sport, more of a, you know, a more contracted sport now than it was back, um, back in the mid '90s. When oh, when was, I would when grow up, great. really serious. When I grew up, I mean, IndyCar racing was, mm -hmm. it was pretty big. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, they are uh, NASCAR was the southern sport. I mean, mm -hmm. you really didn't hear much about NASCAR, but other than uh, Richard Petty and stuff sure. like that, but. No, the, the uh, IndyCar were really big. I mean, we, yeah, you we heard about Petty. You heard about uh, the Daytona 500 was maybe, yeah. uh, you know, was was a noteworthy event. But sure. the NASCAR season wasn't something. Oh, really, yeah, and plus you know. uh, the Indy 500 was huge. I still think. Was, it, it was huge, but now it's it, it's not anymore. You know I mean, I know it's big there uh, once again, but mm -hmm. it's not. Like, it used to be really big, man. I mean, everybody would have it on the radio every year. I mean, you could walk through the neighborhood, and everybody had the Indy 500 on the I radio. still think I still think it's the best race of the year. I still think it's it's 
bigger and better than Daytona. Oh, I'm not saying it isn't. It's just yeah. a shame what they did to the you know and uh, what they did. I, I, I and I agree and I and I and it is it is an absolute shame what they did because open wheel racing IndyCar could be great still. Um, but the race itself, I thought it was a very entertaining race. I mean, we saw tons of lead changes. Um, you saw the target chip Ganassi team totally dominate the entire race just to, you know, not win at the, at the end there. They, you know, and it's, and it was, and it was the way they strategized their pit stops. You know, they gambled, they tried to, you know, pit late and try to, you know, not have to pit throughout the rest of the race. And that ended up costing them. They weren't able to rebound from that. Um, and, and at the very end too, um, you saw J.R. Hillenbrand, um, take the lead with i want to say like five laps left and he had more than enough gas to finish it um well, i don't want to say more than enough because he kind of had to con conserve fuel there at the end but the race was in his hands and uh he was i believe eight seconds ahead of dan weldon on that final lap and when he was making that final turn on turn four to go onto the straightaway and win the indy 500 he said he slowed down because there was a slower car in front of him. And, well, he didn't slow down. He tried to go around him and pass him because he knew that Dan Weldon was going to be coming up behind him and, you know, potentially, you know, overtake him. But with, with how fast he was going still and being eight seconds behind, Dan Weldon, that is, there was no chance that Dan Weldon was going to overtake him even even if he did have to slow down, which leads me to believe that J.R. Hellenbrand is probably one of the, what he did was one of the biggest chokes in sports history. I mean, he successfully completed left turn after left turn after left turn for the entire race, yet when he had the checkered flag in front of him, he couldn't complete that last final left-hand turn without putting himself up into the marbles and eventually up into the wall. Which was he playing with his iPod or something? You know, I don't. I, he choked. He choked. He, he. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to have a good song on before he uh, before he crossed the finish line. But when it all comes down to it, I heard he confused the gas and the brakes at the end. <laughs> that happens. It does. It. I heard it's a that huge problem. No, did it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I heard happen. Actually, the brake is on the uh, the brake is on the steering wheel. <laughs> Damn you! Adam's showing us hand signals right now to the uh, radio audience. Yeah, it's on, it's on the handle. It's on the steering wheel. Like a bike? Yeah. It, well, it's a button. And then other shifters and everything really? on the steering wheel. Really, everything's on the steering wheel. Just the about open wheel car. I just I about, like the yeah. clutch and the the. I mean, I, I'm asking. I'm yeah. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but oh, I, I didn't know that. I yeah, and I, and I was telling Squirrel this before, before we uh, before we went on the air that uh, Jared Hillenbrand actually replaced Dan Weldon on that team because Dan Weldon wasn't doing very well last season. He wasn't winning a bunch of races. So uh, Panther Team Panther, which is the the team owner of Jared Hillenbrand's uh, race car, there um, dropped him. And uh, brought on J.R. Hillenbrand, and Dan Weldon didn't have a ride like we heard in the news update, and he still doesn't have a ride right now uh, going into this season. And I don't know, it was, it was very ironic. And another ironic thing, too, is it was Memorial Day weekend. J.R. Hillenbrand was driving the National Guard car. They crashed and lost the race on the final lap in the Indy 500. Later that night in the Coca-Cola 600 for NASCAR, 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. drives the National Guard car. And what happened with him? Ran out of gas on the final lap when he was in the lead. Ended up losing it to, uh, I forgot who he lost it to. Yeah. Is it because it's so expensive, the gas? Probably, like yeah. four bucks a game. Yeah. They were out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he was waiting for the price to it's drop. Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, prices are going to be high. That's the highest. Yeah, prices mean, are going to be high. They really, they get you. Gas on the holiday weekend. But what was cool is, is Jared Hillenbrand almost still won the race when he was in the wall because he was going so fast. Why does that make him a choker? Seriously. What, Why does it make him a choker? I mean, couldn't it just be he made a mistake? Well, when you make a mistake at the last second of the last... Why does it all of a sudden... No, but isn't that the definition of a choke artist? What's the the definition (laughs) of a choke artist? I I mean, seriously, tip it. What what do you define a choke artist as? Thank you. Thank you. That was a good answer. (laughs) That term is thrown around around so easy. Okay, then what's what's your... Maybe it's an invalid term, but, I mean, a choke artist is someone... That screws up right at the moment when you're about to win. Yeah, and this is a guy that that how many how many left turns did he have that he successfully completed throughout? Like I said the, maybe one turn right. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, I mean, what do you what do you define he as a choke artist? Put his signal on because he wanted to. He was know. changing lanes. And yeah. <laughs> what do you define as a choke artist, Dip? I know what a choke artist is, but sometimes it doesn't. Well, what just, is it then? Just just because. He didn't win the race doesn't make him a choke artist. But he was right there. Well, I mean, the okay. he, well, he hit he the had, wall. He had an eight-second lead. That's a major mistake. That the only yeah, thing, if he did hit the wall, he would have won the race. The <laughs> only thing at that point that can possibly keep him from winning first place is a mistake on his part. Which it was. He made the mistake. That's choking. I guess. Nothing. I, I, I'm not buying it, but I, if, I, if he, I, I'll go with your definition of it. That doesn't mean he's a choker. If he would have, if he would have went in the, Sorry. if he would have went in the wall because a, because something broke on his car or a, a tire deflated, then yeah, he wouldn't maybe be. You could he, blame bad luck. He wouldn't be maybe. a choke artist. But what he did, I mean, he didn't have to slow down. He didn't have to. Well, he well he should have actually slowed down. He didn't have to pass this guy in front of him. He had an eight second lead. And he still could have won. That the... makes him a choke artist because he made a decision to pass the guy. He made the wrong decision well, to pass the guy. I mean, what, so then if when he the, let's when that say, decision's pretty elementary. Okay, I mean, what let, he did. Let, let's say he decided to slow down and he somehow made, he lost the race. That, does that make him a choke? But artist? He, if he would have slowed down, he wouldn't have lost the race I'm because just, he, because no, he, no. Let me. Add, this is what my this is my point. Let's say he slowed down. Okay. And did the right thing that, according to everyone, did the right thing and lost the race because of that decision. Does that make him a choke artist? It no. Was, no, it, it, it doesn't. Was, it was the right slowing down was the right thing to do at Even that though time. Even it would have hold on, it was the race. it was the right time to do at that situation at the for the situation to actually happen because he had an eight second lead. Now, if he would have slowed down, mm-hmm. if Dan Weldon had, was one second behind him, then yeah, that probably would have been the wrong move, and he could have been labeled as a choke artist there too. When you when you make an elementary mistake. That costs you the win. You choked. I'm sorry. It, it does it mean that Chris Webber's not a good player because he took that time out in the NCAA finals? No, he choked though. That, that's a, that that's choking. I mean, you. The only thing keeping you from winning right there is an elementary mistake, and you go ahead and make that elementary mistake. 
if there is a such I, thing I just, as choking, I, I don't think going 200 miles an hour is elementary by in by well, anyone's it's, it's, standard. It's, that's well, the sport. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a sport. Still, I mean, that's 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 what you're supposed no, to do. No, of course. I, no, course one, Tim. Honestly, I I really have to disagree with that last statement because that is the sport. So the the most basic. Well, hang on. And how many times has he hang done it before second, without going into the, the wall? The most basic person, people who are in the minor leagues of that sport, people who will never make it to the major leagues of that sport. Do that every single day. So that is a I, me. I, I'm five foot five. I can never. I will never, ever, ever be able to dunk a basketball. You can't have that as a trampoline. No, I can't. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. But if some guy who's a professional athlete has the open net with one second left to go, all he needs to do is dunk the ball to win the game. He and he missed. He choked. It doesn't mean I can do that. I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional basketball player. If if you screw up going 200 miles an hour, oh geez, he's going 200 miles an hour. That's what he does. Well, it, he's a race it, car driver. If I you, just think it's so easy for people on the sidelines to just say a guy struck out in the ninth inning with base load, he's he choked. Of course, it, it's easy. No, he didn't choke. He struck out. That's the, being it's a thrown fan, around. Though. It's thrown. It's thrown out there so much. It's. I look at choking the same way people say, "Oh, he doesn't have heart." How the hell do you know he doesn't have heart? I love that, and that's another term I love with fans. That okay, Sergey Fedorov never had heart. So and so doesn't have heart. First of all, how Tim, the hell do they know they don't have heart? Most people would agree that hitting a a pitch thrown by a major league pitcher is the hardest thing in all professional sports. So I I don't hear people do say that, make that comparison, saying that they choke. If someone does, it's one I would disagree with, because if a major league pitcher is throwing everything they got down the plate. And you swing and miss. I'm not calling that guy a choke artist. So I mean, that, I just want to say that's not a correlation that that I made. That that's not a I, I, you know. I understand what I, you, I understand what you guys are saying. I'm not saying you can't say somebody doesn't choke. It's just I get so tired of these labels on these guys on the on players and sports and stuff that that they choke if they if you don't win a championship you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame things like that. You know, you've heard people say mm-hmm. that. You know, it's like. People simplify this stuff too, too much. But we're, I guess but is my point. I think Adam and I are giving the most elementary <clears throat> and basic examples of what choking is in a sport, and we're not doing that at all. We're not saying that, you know, that. I think it's unfortunate. I, I think it's. I think it's ridiculous that Dirk Nowitzki is called a choke artist. He's the last guy on earth that is. He's he's a guy that plays great in his. Never made it, but Dan say, Marino was considered a. You know all the. I, yeah, the, the, I, I guess. Well, I don't. I, guess, I don't consider. I guess my the, my point is okay. I'll, I'll go with the fact your definition of choking is what this guy did. I don't even follow it, okay? But it's just like I said, and I'll end it here. I get just really irritated with these labels. Once again, my favorite people in the world, fans, love to put on professional athletes. When they don't know what the hell they're talking about most of the time. Yeah, I think I think this is very justifiable. I, I mean, lab- labeling him a choke artist because, I mean, he had the win right there in front of him. Doesn't mean I don't feel bad for him. Doesn't mean yeah. I don't hope he redeems himself someday. All he had to do was finish that final turn, which he did many, many times before in that same exact race without going into the wall. Yet he put himself up into the into the rubber marbles no, at, the, I, I at the top of the track. I, Something I, that any open wheel driver yep. should be able to complete. Yeah, he should be able I'm to seal sure the deal right there. He, would probably agree with you. And you know what? It's not and it's not like he had pressure it's, behind him. It's not like Dan Weldon was, you know, right on his tail where he had to make that pass. Mm-hmm. 
This um, isn't missing the Hail Mary. This isn't not hitting the home run off Jason Verlander. This is or missing... Justin Verlander. No, I oh, understand. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I understand, Squirrel. I do. It's... I get it. it, it, it my, you know what my point is on this. Actually, I, I kind of don't. I do. People, the problem with all fans, and I blame because I blame ESPN for everything that's wrong with sports. And there's a ton. Hey, wrong ESPN with sports. is great. No, and the main problem, and, oh, e- and it's all ESPN's fault. And actually, I blame Yahoo too. Because every morning, the first thing you see on Yahoo is something spectacular that hasn't happened in 100 years happened last night. They try to make every single sporting event that ever happens every fucking day seem like it's important and special, and it's not. Just because someone did something on a Tuesday game in New York and it seemed amazing, it's not that amazing. It's a fucking sport, and that's what happened last night. It happens constantly, and it's not special. This idea that everyone's special is so ridiculous to me. And that is That's... what is wrong with everything right now. Is everything needs to seem amazing. And the majority of the time, everything's pretty mundane. So I don't know why they do it. Do you think choking happens in sports, though, Tip? Yeah, I do think it happens. What do you think? Because this is the topic I was leading to. What do you think are some of the biggest all-time choke jobs in, in, in the history of sports? I, I, you know what? I can't. Just think of one off the top of my head. I really can't. Boston losing to yeah, I guess. The, the Flyers last year. I mean, or, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, or San Jose Sharks, if you want to call them choke artists. Mm-hmm. I guess you can. Uh, Bill Buckner, if you want to call him a choke artist. Yeah. I just, I think my whole point is this. And I Do you be- call him Bill Buckner a choke artist, though? No, I don't. Because, I, because my whole point isn't the fact that this young man didn't choke. I'm okay. In the definition, I guess he'd choke. <laughs> and I, I'm bringing more of my opinion on how I look at things. Is I get tired of labels of the, of these guys. Try to get behind the wheel of that car. I'm sorry. In the biggest race of your life, and succeed in it. Okay. And right there, I guess I'm giving credence to your argument of that's choking. But it's just so easy for people to throw the word out. Is my point. And I, it just it just bugs me. It just bugs me. It's like making Bill Buckner literally, you know, life miserable for 25 years because a ball went between his legs. Come on, people. Get a fucking life. I don't think anybody's going to make this kid's life miserable. No, I'm, but no, but you're asking me how I feel about that's That's my point is that the minute someone makes a mistake, man, bam, let's jump on him. Or like Lickless said, the minute somebody does something a little out of the ordinary – it's the most amazing thing in the world. That's it's kind just, of the name of the game, though, isn't it? I, well, it's the name of the game because degree. they promote it like that. Which I mean, is fine. you know, I mean, look at a guy like Galarraga, who isn't the greatest player of all time, but he, you know, throws this almost perfect game or well, should be. Perfect that's game. actually something out of the ordinary. Yeah, that's well, an accomplishment. That's, an, that's actually something legitimate to he's talk about. He's a guy about. that's going to be. You know he's going to be praised forever because of this one that's great fine. thing. I don't know. I don't. I don't that. have to, I, that, that's yeah, legitimate news story. That's a pro, almost a perfect. It was a perfect. Yeah, game. That's, that's legit. Oh yeah, that's a legitimate news know. story. Totally. Well, I, Nicholas, I agreed with you with what you had to say. Sometimes a team just wins and a team just loses. I, right. I agree with that. Ninety-nine percent of the time, that's actually, what, I get a lot of grief right here in the city of Detroit because I a lot of times complain or tease. Are you know great sports writer, and he is a great, great, great writer. In Mitch Album, I always say that about Mitch Album. You read one of Mitch Album's 
articles and you always think, you know, you know, okay, here's where the Holy Spirit came down hmm. and, you know, started, you know, no, actually sometimes no, one does. team plays better than the other team and one team wins and one team loses. No, absolutely. Vast majority of the time that's what happens. But, no, I agree with everything you said, Nicholas. I, I totally agree with that, but I just, you know, that's, I, I think it's, Maybe being we're being a little overly critical of, of fans in general because isn't that what it's all about? Oh I no, mean, I, I you know I am overcritical you know, I mean, of fans and I admit it. When I, I criticize what somebody's doing, whether it's a pitcher, a quarterback, a coach, a I'm not saying I can do better. No, but you, <laughs> you, know? you don't. And Adam, what you guys are saying here about this guy isn't. I'm not saying it's like the re, I asked the question for a reason for the discussion, okay? It, he, yes, you know, Choker's fine. You're not, like, making fun of him or saying he's an idiot and all that, but you know what I'm saying. You hear that all sure. the time, you know. So that, that's it's a bigger picture thing. So. Well, he, he, made, he made the race better. To tell you the truth. I, loved, I, loved, I loved what happened at the end there because nobody, yeah. nobody knew what, who won the race at the end. Nobody knew. <laughs> and when, I say, when I'm watching a sporting event, when I'm watching a football game and somebody misses a pass and I say, you got to make that pass, you got to make that catch, I don't mean yeah. that I should have made it. I meant that Donald Driver should have made it. I meant that Randy Moss should have made oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Donald Driver's a little old. First wide out that popped into my head. But what about Andre Johnson? Andre Johnson should have made that catch. Okay, Donald Andre Driver's old. He's old. Go ahead, though. I'm sorry. No, no. That's it. <laughs> Beating a dead horse. Yeah. You know what, though? Um, we're going to go ahead and move on to our 30-second uh, drill. We don't have enough time to go through it. <laughs> we don't have enough time yeah. to get through all of it. Um, we will start out, though, with uh, the NHL Finals and the NBA Finals. Which will you watch more of? Uh, Tip, I'm throwing it your way first. Go ahead. Well, I'll watch more of the NHL because I'm a bigger hockey fan, but I will probably watch more of the NBA this year than I ever have. So that that series does intrigue me. Yeah, NHL just because I like hockey better than basketball. But, no, I'll, I'm still totally going to catch some NBA uh, Finals just because I've watched a decent amount of the playoffs anyway. So why, why stop now? Squirrel? I host a sports podcast. I'm going to watch both of them. I guess that's the uh, that's the diplomatic answer. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to ignore them both. If you watch all of both of them, which one have you watched more of? <laughs> which one goes to more games? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm with you. I'm going to watch neither of them. Nicholas, I'm going to join you. I'm going to I'm going to instead catch up on House and and I'm going to watch. Uh, there are some other shows out there, like the dramas. I don't even know. Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. I'm going to catch up on some game shows, too. I'm going to watch some Wheel of Fortune. It's important. Yes. Because it's never not on. <laughs> um, next question. Who will finish higher in the standings, the Chicago White Sox or the MLB's worst Minnesota Twins? I tell you, it feels good saying that. Go ahead, Squirrel. I, uh, you know, I don't have a whole, you know, a ton of in-depth information on this. I think the White Sox will will finish above the Twins this year. Um, but again, I don't have a whole lot of reasoning behind it. I just, if I'm going to guess, I, I think the White Sox will will do better. Oh, what, wait, oh. can I can I step in? I'm sorry, Nicholas. I have I have good reason. Minnesota sucks this year, so <laughs> go, that that's my reasoning why uh, Minnesota is going to finish uh, below the White Sox. Go ahead, Nicholas. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pretty close. Minnesota's the worst team in baseball, and that feels so fantastic to say. And the White Sox aren't good either, but they're better than Minnesota. And Minnesota's just garbage this season. It's great. So yeah, White Sox are totally going to finish above them. 
I think the White Sox finish higher because I think Minnesota is probably the biggest choke team I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in all fairness, though, Minnesota is dealing with injuries, too. Yeah, they've only lost like eight of their starting players. But it didn't happen to Boston when they lost a whole bunch of players last year. They still... I don't want to defend the Red Sox. Uh, Please. <laughs> Dirk or LeBron, who deserves an NBA title first? Go ahead, Nicholas. At this point, Dirk, without a doubt, because Dirk actually cares about, like, you know, teammates and something other than himself, which LeBron can't. He, not only can he not fathom that idea, it's never occurred to him, so that idea would never pop into his head. So, yeah, Dirk, totally. Uh, tip, go ahead. I'm going with Dirk. I mean, how can't you? So, I, I, I just... Deserves, uh, you know, they both deserve it. They're both great players, but I, I want Dirk to win it, so that's who I want. <clears throat> Squirrel? Uh, you know, I, this is kind of a weird question, Adam. I think I'm not the only one who's having a little trouble Deserves a answering. tough word. Yeah, uh, you know, who do I want to see win an NBA title first? Dirk. Um, who do I think is maybe deserving of better karma because there may be a better person? Uh, I'll go Dirk. Um who deserves the NBA title first? We'll see. Whoever plays better this round, whoever plays better in this finals matchup, and whoever wins, we're, we're gonna. Luckily for us, we get to find out because one of them's gonna win and one of them's gonna lose. You can spin it any way you want. Um, last question. We kind of already answered it though. Did you want Jim, Jim Trestle to resign? Uh, Squirrel, go ahead. Yes, I did, and, and it's because. You know, I mean, I know I've joked today about how I'm the Michigan Slappy and stuff, but the truth is because I respect the school of Ohio State, and I want Ohio State and Michigan to have a great rivalry, and for Ohio State to have a great rivalry with, you know, just to have a good team and be rivals with, you know, with everyone in the Big Ten through all NCAA. But, yeah, I want them to – I want him to resign because he did you – know, he, he should, and I want Ohio State to come back to their former glory. Go ahead, Nicholas. Uh, yes and no, and by no, I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tip. <laughs> yeah, I want Jim Trump. I'm glad he resigned, but I hope the athletic director and the president both resign also, or that school won't. They they have to resign to just get this thing cleaned up. I hope, I hope Rich Rodriguez takes over at Ohio State. Same here, and I hope he wins a national championship. <laughs> Other than that, uh, that's going to do it this week for the Majors Live. Stay tuned for extra innings coming up next. We'll be answering the question, did you, have to, uh, did you ever have to root against somebody you hated? Um, stay tuned for that. Like I said, Squirrel Lickless um, coming up next right here on themajors.net. Other than that, um, have a great week, everybody. We'll be back at you again next week. Uh, Next Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TheMajors.net. So for Squirrel, Lickless, Tip, I am Adam saying we'll see you next time.